0: Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 17th, 1995.
1: From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening or good morning as the case may be across all these time zones. Howdy. From Tahiti and the Hawaiian Islands to the Caribbean to North Pole and down to South America, this is Coast to Coast AM. And after thinking about it a little bit, the title still works. It's just that now we're talking about other coasts.
2: <laughs>
1: Hi, everybody. It's good to be here this morning. Uh, lots to talk about. First of all, notification of some new affiliates on the way. Those of you listening to KAGO in Klamath Falls, Oregon, can begin looking forward to Dreamland, coming this next Sunday. Then uh, comes, get this, this is pretty neat, I think, WSTP. Now, we've got KSTP in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Now we're going to have WSTP in Salisbury, North Carolina. Somehow the brotherhood of the STPs. Um, Also, um, a biggie out in St. George, Utah, coming. Uh, It'll be, uh, they're 10,000 watts on eight ninety. And uh, they just come banging into this area. Uh, that's KDXU in St. George, Utah. They'll be coming up, uh, I think, July 24th. Same deal for uh, WSTP. Now, the news. And there's a lot of it. Uh, over the weekend, the main subject, of course, was Bosnia. And Bosnia is really a mess. Uh, Bob Dole is going to move this week to um, have a vote on lifting the arms embargo Warren Christopher of course thinks it is a big mistake I think Warren Christopher is a total dud of a human being but I've always thought so there are 200,000 dead or injured in Bosnia thus far and Warren Christopher was on Meat Press Sunday said that what he's thinking now is that we ought to strengthen the UN and protect the safe havens in Bosnia what's left of them, and that's not much. Then work towards some negotiated peace. The rapid reaction force is on the way. There is yet another possible scenario being talked about tonight, and that is to airlift in European troops. Not our troops, their troops. But to get them in would require, first, U.S. jets going in, trying to um, cause the um, uh, the Serb radars to fire up so they could destroy the anti-aircraft positions. Now, bear in mind, the Serbs have already, already shot down uh, an F-16. Uh, so, and they're not going to have a lot of trouble with Apaches, Chinooks, Sea Stallions, Black Hawks, that sort of thing. And that, of course, is what we would use to try to move the uh, European troops in. There are thousands of Muslim refugees on the run. The UN has all but so far given up. The West including us as in US is, has no idea uh, what we can do next. So really it could not be worse. There are atrocities, there's genocide going on. And I think, and I have always thought, that it's our fault, some of it. We should never have embargoed arms. Why in the world, in the world, would we want these people to be slaughtered? Why does it seem to be in our interest, and I can only imagine... I mean, nations do things, don't they, that are in their interest somehow or another... And why is it in our interest to allow this slaughter to go on? We won't let them protect themselves. It's damn near too late. But in the category of what we ought to do, it seems to me, is obvious. Bob Dole's got the right answer, arm the Bosnians, and uh, the critics out there say that will be the Americanization of the war. Well, not necessarily. Um, we armed... Uh, the Mujahideen, the Afghan rebels, and there was not the Americanization of the war. We didn't have troops over there, so why would we of necessity have them in Bosnia? Anyway, here's a fax on the subject. Dear Art, until recently, I was of the belief that America could not and should not be the, the world's policeman, but now I'm not so sure Seeing on a nightly basis the horrible things that are going on in Bosnia has forced me to ask the question, where do we draw the line? The film clips on TV seem to get worse each night. Which atrocity captured on film will be the one that finally pushes public opinion to the side of the U.S. involvement in Bosnia? I grew up thinking that America was more than just another country that as a nation we were strong enough, honorable enough, and determined enough to do things in the world that other countries could not do. We have the power and will to get get to the moon, but we cannot seem to muster the will to keep genocide from happening just a few thousand miles from our own border. It seems our country has become a nation of individuals. We become so busy in our own lives that we have little time for our own children. We don't even know the names of our next door neighbors. But does this mean we shouldn't get involved when evil forces are torturing people by the tens of thousands? So, it is an argument. I know. Uh, But I I think the argument is stronger on the side of non-involvement. At least that's my my assessment. And I, I am not an isolationist. But uh, this is their war, and they're bound and determined to fight it, one way or the other, with or without weapons. If we have any culpability, it seems to me it is this arms embargo. How cruel, how unusual, how immoral to keep guns out of the hands of those who are otherwise being mowed down. And that's what happens when you don't have guns, and the other guy does. There's no great mystery, except why is it in our apparent national interest, he asks again, to allow this to go on? A little bit of good news. William Barloon and David Delabarty, who stumbled across the Iraqi border, have been set free, courtesy of the office of uh, Congressman Bill Richardson, who went over there. Apparently, he's been negotiating with the Iraqis for months. First, they wanted the end of sanctions, U.N. sanctions, a letter from President Clinton, and unfreezing Iraqi money internationally. Eventually, we are told they settled for nothing and just let them go. Now, I wonder how many of you believe that, that there was not some behind-the-scenes deal. It is an obvious uh, question to at least pose. Drug arrests for children in America, kids under 18, uh, as measured by a new survey, between 1984 and 1993 are way up, way up, from 66,000 to 84,000, up 18%, actually almost 85,000, up 18%. Drug use, in other words, in the mid-90s is up again. We all thought we had it. Well, we didn't. And last week, we were in the middle of a survey generated by something Newt Gingrich said, and I still think he's absolutely right. And that is that there should be a national referendum on what to do about drugs. Uh, The reason I want it is because it would allow us to move either in one direction or the other. And I'm all in favor of that because the present direction is the road to nowhere. Um, Absolutely nowhere. The drug war is lost. Um, We've either got to get tough, or, and in his words, uh, that means people bringing in commercial quantities, you know, get a bullet. Um, Or we legalize drugs, take the profit and the violence and all the rest of it, as they argue, out of it, one or the other, but have a national referendum and then begin moving at least in one direction or the other. Over the weekend, again, the Sunday shows, I think it was Meet the Press, uh, Pat Buchanan was on, and um, there was a a big discussion uh, uh, between Senator Spector and Buchanan. Uh, Senator Spector is pro-choice. And Senator Spector
3: maintained...
1: Uh, there is, in his words, a continuum, in other words, uh, a a direct line you can draw, from Pat Buchanan's holy war to the guy who pulls the trigger on an abortion doctor. Now, I shortened that a little bit, the continuum, but that was the line. That was the idea. You think Spector is right? Pat Buchanan's running around saying that he'll be Ronald Reagan if that's what America wants. Mr. Buchanan wants to hold congressional hearings on when life begins. Now, that's an interesting question, always has been. You know, we've been fighting about that for all the time I've done talk radio. When does life begin? Uh, somebody I, I knew once said, well, uh, oh, that's easy. When he sh- says to she, hey, baby, <laughs> that's when life begins. Um, but a congressional investigation, do you think they could decide, have a congressional investigation, argue back and forth, and come up with some kind of official proclamation about when life begins? Spector uh, came after Buchanan for wanting all kinds of constitutional changes. And uh, Buchanan basically said, yes, but, you know, with the right composition of the court, we won't need them. We'll get a, a court that will turn things back to the way they ought to be anyway. Do you remember uh, the end of the week last week? I still find this to be an incredible story. I, uh, uh, Brinkley chose to talk about it at the end of his program. It was all about the woman who wasn't. The man in Utah, the poor guy in Utah, who called the police said that his wife of three and a half years was missing, gone. The police searched and found his wife. They also found out his wife was a man. The man's comment, the real man's comment, when he found out was, gee, do I feel stupid? Well, you know, of course, he should have known Uh, the obvious uh, but impolite uh, areas of he should have known, so we don't talk about those. Somehow he didn't. Hard to believe. The Washington Post asked over the weekend, why do you suppose he was not suspicious when she, in quotes, asked for a Christmas present of a drill press? Why asked Brinkley? Wasn't he suspicious when she had to lather up and shave every day? You know, I guess um, I must believe this story, but I I truly find it unbelievable. I mean, how how could it be? How, ladies and gentlemen, could it be? Could it be? I'm going to jump ahead. I've got so much news. I'm never going to get it all in. I want to talk a little bit about the weather and um, I I know everybody's going to say oh here he goes again well yeah here I go again the weather the weather all across right now here in the desert it's kind of humid uh, has been overcast drizzly even rainy Uh, my friends to the north in Reno up into uh, Oregon tell me there's thunder and lightning all over the place. In Chicago and in the Midwest, uh, Wisconsin, you guys up there know, uh, but particularly take, uh, for example, Chicago, there have been, I am told now, 190 deaths from the hot weather, the heat. Now, it's already cooled off Uh, That is, at least into the mid-80s. But the county coroner in Chicago thinks the death toll will go to 300. 300 people dead from the heat in Chicago alone? Now, arguably, they got in trouble with their power there, and they lost it for about three days. But that's just one city. There were 44 additional uh, deaths today alone in Chicago. mayor of Chicago wants his area declared a disaster area because of it. Now, I've been watching the weather this year so far here, and our summer began very late and is at this moment weird. The weather patterns, it seems to me, Are changing now I know everybody will say it and of course you know weather gets weird there are variations I know that but I have questions about this this number of people dead because of hot weather I wonder if anybody's thought that it might be something else other than and or in combination with the weather that's too many people too many people. That many Americans uh, don't die in a heat wave in one city, at least not in my experience. Uh, in Boris Yeltsin. Now, this is a very interesting story, and I'm going to have to wind it up, I can see, with this one. But, uh, he's, you know, remember he had heart problems last week, supposedly? When he first had them, they said, oh, uh, this is a critical heart condition. Now and since then, all of a sudden, his assistants have been saying, no, no, he's healthy. So, yesterday, they released a photograph of Yeltsin, black and white. Um, NBC noticed that this supposed photograph of Yeltsin uh, was a fake. One taken actually in April. And they proved it, with each and every little detail in the photograph, identical to a photograph taken in April. Later in the day, Moscow uh, released a second photograph, this time in color, but the same photograph taken in April. So what does this mean? It means they're lying. Now. What does it mean if they're lying? It means Yeltsin probably is in critical condition. That's what I think. And I think very shortly you're going to hear an announcement, uh, some sort of announcement anyway, from uh, Russia about the death of Yeltsin. That's just my opinion. Or maybe he's just so critically uh, drunk and messed up that he's dr- they're drying him out. Or, you know, who knows? But... Uh, One thing's for sure, they're lying, and we can wonder about why. All right, well, I've got enough material. Uh, As you know, Waco hearings get underway. The Whitewater hearings get underway later today or tomorrow, depending on your time zone. Waco on Wednesday. It's not going to be an easy week for the president for the White House. By the way, they uh, dug down trying to find Jesse James, and guess what? So far... No Jesse James in the grave. (laughs) They're going to dig more tomorrow, but I mean, they're way down there now. And so far, not even a bone. So a lot of people are starting to think maybe Jesse got away with it, faked his own death, and uh, lived out his life, uh, no doubt, happily someplace or another. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Art Bell, somewhere in time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from July 17, 1995. Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from July 17, 1995.
1: You're really going to love this one. Street gang activity that was once confined, by the way, according to Newsweek, street gang activity once confined to South Central L.A., Chicago, and New York's Harlem has now been reported throughout, guess where, the U.S. military. The magazine reported in its July 24th issue that notorious L.A. street gangs like the Crips, the Bloods, and Chicago's folks, uh, folk gangsters are now active in all four branches of the armed services and at more than 50, count them, 50 military bases around the U.S. It said most gang crimes, such as drug trafficking, robbery, assault, and at least 10 cases of homicide have taken place off-base and off-duty. But it adds that Army enlisted men have been photographed flashing gang signs in the middle of the Gulf War. It also said some gangs stake out turf on aircraft carriers at sea. (laughs) There was a gang member that ran for office in Chicago. He didn't make it, but he ran. And now we hear they're in the U.S. military. That, to me... That, to me, is actually unbelievable. I was in the Air Force, and uh, to imagine gang activity in the military is about as unimaginable for me as anything I've ever heard. But there you are. That's Newsweek. On the Miss America contest, um, Kathy from Oregon writes, Who needs it? Thinking further on your discussion of the swimsuit issue, I think it's time the whole thing either develops some relevance or goes the way of blue eye shadow. Besides being blatantly sexist, it is just plain corny. Why do we need to choose a female ideal anyhow? Is this some twisted evolution of pagan virgin sacrifice? (laughs) I've had plenty of female role models, none of which would be candidates for the queen of cosmetics crown. Women of great spiritual depth and personal sacrifice like Mother Teresa, women who are gracious artists like Beverly Sills, Uh, women of intelligence, poise, and strength like Margaret Thatcher, women who help us laugh like Whoopi Goldberg, and all the women with the incredible gift of encouraging others. Though they rarely become famous, like my mother, teachers, friends, even strangers who have helped me in life, these women are beautiful. Your fan, Kathy. And so, maybe that will be the attitude, and the swimsuit contest will go. Uh, But, you know, Mario Cuomo, who was a guest on the Brinkley show Sunday, said, come on, let's face it. Given a chance, he says, you know, the swimsuit contest shall continue. The American people will vote for it. I think they will. Otherwise, it's going to come down to which contestant wants to save the most whales. But Mario Cuomo said on Brinkley, the American people actually, in his view, would vote for not only swimsuits, but more violence on TV, more sex, and all the rest of it. They'd vote for bikinis, or less, if they could. Is that true? Tell the truth. Tell the truth, would you, if, if instead of this uh, Miss America pageant asking whether or not to eliminate the swimsuit contest, if it was should they wear nearly nothing bikinis or less, would you vote for that? Would you vote for more violence on television, more sex, as Mario Cuomo suggested? Interesting question, and um, probably Mario Cuomo is correct. Sad, but true. Probably not true of a lot of you, who I consider generally to be of a higher intellectual bent. But um, of the great American
2: masses,
1: (laughs) uh, he's probably right. Okay, let us open the lines. Anything you want to talk about, fair game. Here are the numbers. If you are a first-time caller to the program, it's area code 702 727 702-727-1222. The wildcard directile lines, area code 702-727-1295. 702-727-1295. The west of the Rockies line, 1-800-618-8255. Toll free. 1-800-618-8255 1-800-618-8255 The East of the Rockies Line one 800 825 one 800 Zenith, America's last TV maker bought for $350 million by a Korean company Goodbye, Zenith East of the Rockies, you're on the air.
4: Hi, Art. Um, how you doing? I'm doing. Oh, good. Um, today on Chuck Harder, he had on a uh, Captain Joyce Riley. She's a military nurse, and Peter, um, he's a researcher, and I didn't get his last name. And they're investigating the biological uh, Gulf War syndrome. Um, I'd like to see him as as guest on your show, if possible. But from their interview, uh, I I, I just wonder, you know, um. Are our troops being used as pawns? Are the people being used as pawns? Uh, is this, you know, it's like for population control or something for what? New World? Well, it's like, like the death, the heat death. All these deaths. Everything is dying, dying. It's like a New World Order population
5: control um, agenda or something.
1: You think maybe the New World Order people um, threw the heat on Chicago? I am uh, I am very curious about what's going on there, and with our weather. It's odd. Part of the quickening? Oh, I don't know. You might argue. You really might. That's too many people. Does anybody out there ever remember 300 people dying from a heat wave in the Midwest in the summer? I don't. I sure don't. And they showed an awful lot of people in Chicago who didn't, had never recalled anything like this either. A quirk? Maybe. Part of a more general uh, disruption of the force. I don't know how else to put it. Uh, Maybe. Maybe uh, sort of a disruption of the force. Uh, Whatever that is. Um, Wildcard line, you're on the air. Oh, hi, Art. Hello.
6: My name is Jack in Houston. Let me turn down my radio.
1: Okay, Jack. Uh, I'm sorry. I missed where you were. Uh, where are you? I'm in Houston, Texas. Oh, Houston, Texas. All right.
6: Listening to KTRH 740.
1: The Mighty. Huh.
6: Yeah, Art. Uh, my reason for calling tonight is to ask a question and make a comment about right. life on Mars. Yes. My question is about your Sunday show, Dreamland. Uh where did you get the idea to call it Dreamland?
1: Well, uh, I, I did a show like it in Las Vegas for a year uh, prior, which was called Area 2000. When we came out here, it went from being a single radio station show to being uh, syndicated, and we thought a new name. So uh, Dreamland uh, came because we are adjacent to to Dreamland, a place called Dreamland. Have you heard of it? Las Vegas. Area 51 it's called. Oh. And I live about yeah. 65 miles west of Las Vegas and over the mountain range is Dreamland. Oh. I it, it it also embraces the you know the topic uh of the program.
6: Oh, I thought maybe you got it from a song by Van Morrison? No. Called Call Me Up in Dreamland? No. Oh. And about uh, life on Mars, Art.
1: Yes, hard, but maybe possible. A little dry, desert-like.
6: You know, I seriously doubt there is life on Mars. Why? But I think there's a distinct possibility that there's life in Mars. You know? That they can well, have, I, like, I, underground cities there. Yeah. Have you Have you ever heard of complete, self-sustained underground cities?
1: Well, I've heard of it.
6: You know, like... the. I think they would you,
1: well, you would think every now and then uh they would pump their heads up uh for something or another.
6: Well, if they're well camouflaged, you know, maybe they have maybe they have good camouflage. <laughs> huh. But I mean, they have like underground cities there in Nevada, don't
1: they? I'm unable to talk about that, sir. Oh. Directive 4. Oh. Well, I Listen, I I've got to run, uh, but but thank you very much. Yeah, you know, I talk underground city so I can't you call me All that kind of stuff. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello.
7: Yeah, this is uh the Shadow from uh, Citrus Heights.
1: Citrus Heights. Yeah. I have a cat named Shadow.
7: Yeah, no, I've called you before. Uh unfortunately you turned down the volume on me on the, on that time. I think I irritated you. Uh I'm a shortwave listener myself. Uh I understand that you advertise shortwave radios now and then. Now and then. Yeah. Anyway, uh the uh for example uh as a a little correction, uh uh, the uh, Moscow radio, you know, that you talk about sometimes?
1: Radio Moscow, yeah.
7: Right. That has been changed now. They don't call themselves that. They call themselves Voice of Russia.
1: Yeah, I know. But um, basically, sir, it's the same voice.
7: I was just seeing if you were aware of that, that's all.
8: Oh, yes, I am.
7: Yeah, another thing I was thinking, the you know, like guy was talking about Mars. Let me add a little bit to that, okay? Okay. And I was just thinking, I'm into astronomy and stuff like this, and I was thinking that, that uh, for example, uh One place for landing, was I would use, if I was coming towards the Earth, yes. w- would be landing on the dark side or the far side of the moon, okay, in our communication. If, if I didn't want you to hear, just like the phones you're talking about, it cannot be heard with a scanner.
1: I wonder if you could uh, use a trope from the moon.
7: <laughs> anyway, using communications that would be scrambled. You couldn't pick up from a scanner. No one on Earth could pick it. It'd be encrypted or whatever. Uh, if I, you know, and that's maybe a reason why we're not hearing
8: him. You well, think- it is
1: absolutely true, sir. Thank you. Uh, as a matter of fact, we really would not detect uh, the use of spread spectrum technology. Uh, some of you know what that is. It's fairly new. It's being used by some of the new uh, portable phones as well. It's not quite, in my opinion, perfected yet. It has a couple difficulties in it. makes the telephone sound very hollow. But what spread spectrum does... Um, I guess I'll put it to you this way. You're listening to me now on a radio station that is on a frequency, AM or FM or whatever. Spread Spectrum takes what you're listening to right now and spreads it over all kinds of frequencies so that a little bit of information is here and there, and without the ability to decode where the information is when, uh, you would not even be aware that anything was there. That is spread-spectrum technology. It's being utilized now for satellite. Uh, Most of the wire services, Associated Press, the rest of those, distribute by spread-spectrum on satellite. So uh, the caller is correct. Uh, Unless it was a signal designed to be detected and not one designed to be stealth, uh, we might not ever know it would be there. It's true. East of the Rockies, you're on the air.
9: Yes, Art. Um, My name is Eddie. I'm calling from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Yes. Hi, Eddie. Hi. Um, One minute. Let me turn my radio down.
1: Oh, good. Yes. Do that. Get that sucker down. Get it off, actually.
9: I just uh, real briefly wanted to let you know that I have it on real good information that we'll be getting dreamland here at KNSI. Oh, you do? Yes.
1: Well, you guys always seem to know these things before I do.
10: It seems to be a Minnesota
2: thing,
1: doesn't it? Actually, it's nationwide, sir. A lot of times people like you call me up and say things like you just said. Nine times out of ten, it turns out to be true. You know, I'll call my network. My network will call the radio station. They'll say, oh, yeah. (laughs) We're going to be doing that. So I hope you get it.
9: I was told by someone in the know that It'll be within the next 60 days, we'll be getting Dreamland. I see. And I've been listening to you for about six months, and I've been dying to hear Dreamland.
1: I can understand that. It's a fascinating show.
11: Okay, you have a good morning. You have a great show.
1: All right, thank you. Uh, next week on Dreamland, Max the Crystal Skull. Max the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, by the way, I wanted to go out of my way to say thank you uh, to whoever it was and I should have your name, who sent me the Whale Kaboom film. Do you remember that? It was a story in Oregon that occurred many years ago. And a big old whale washed up on shore in Oregon, and the job to dispose of the whale fell to the Oregon uh, State Highway Department. And I suppose they sat around over a couple of beers trying to figure out what they were going to do with the whale. Uh, The story said... They could only figure the highway department, because highways are big and whales are big. Anyway, they had to figure out what to do with it. So they got all this dynamite. <laughs> all this, it's a story right out of uh, the uh, the turkeys uh, falling out of the helicopter, thrown out of the helicopter on WKRP. They got all this dynamite and blew this whale into smithereens. Only... They weren't quite smithereens. See, they figured would blow it into small pieces and the seagulls would uh, eat it up. Well, it blew into pieces. In fact, the explosion was absolutely spectacular. Unfortunately, one of the pieces was big enough to come down and crush an automobile. The spectators took off for their lives as whale blubbers splattered them into the sand. And... Somebody else called me and said, oh, this story is not true. It's an old uh, myth or something. Oh, no. I have a beautifully clear, wonderfully funny, in retrospect, videotape of the whole occurrence. So whoever sent me the tape called Whale Kaboom, thank you. It's glorious. I shall keep it forever and treasure it. (laughs) You can't imagine. It looked like something out of Star Wars when this whale went up. It was unbelievable, and then these big splats start coming down, and they showed a photograph of the car totally crushed by one piece of whale flab. It was unbelievable. We'll be right back. Hey Art, Chicago, Kikwit, Ebola, O'Hare, Airlines, coincidence? Just exercising the Chuck Harder side of my brain. Jim in Tupelo, Mississippi. Art, the ABC News at 11 o'clock this evening, which I heard on KBI a few minutes ago, reported the BATF has obtained 22 cargo airplanes capable of transporting heavy weapons. An ATF spokeswoman confirmed this to ABC. So to avoid any further involvement of, of the U.S. Motor, O.I.C. Oh, see... Let's use this new ATF Air Force to transport arms to the Bosnian Muslims once the Senate finally overturns this ridiculous embargo. Maybe they could take Warren Christopher along for the ride and pack an extra chute. Steve. Yeah, I don't like... I really, really don't like Warren Christopher. I don't know what it is about the man. I really don't. Listening to him? I really don't. I mean, in a way, he says, no, he doesn't even say the right things. He says them in diplomatise uh, very well. Uh, there's just something like that. I just, I do not like Warren Christopher. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning.
12: Hi, Art. Right, this is Jeff in uh, Seattle. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. How about you?
1: KVI, which becomes Como at uh, 1 a.m.
12: Yeah, that had me confused for a while there. Uh, is it okay if I change the subject a little? Always okay um about uh Newt Inrich's uh drug referendum yes, um he included uh marijuana in there
1: I'm afraid so yes
12: but uh he didn't say any of the any of the other uses of it besides uh besides his getting
13: high
1: well, that's true um His only concern with regard to the referendum is on the use of drugs as drugs, not paper products or clothing or wood products or anything else.
12: But uh, you can use it. We we all know, sir. Okay. Well, that's all I wanted to say.
1: All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure. Uh, Hemp can be used for many other things. It is true. But uh, it would threaten many other industries. Now, is that a factor? No, of course not. Would the paper industry or the wood industry um, or the clothing industry be affected? No. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Yeah, hi Art. This
14: is Roy calling from Eugene. Hi
1: Roy. How you doing? Okay.
14: I sent you a fax earlier, and I'm sure you got it because you get so many a day. Yes, uh, I do. About what? It was in regard to the Santilli film coming out of England.
1: Uh, no, I don't recall it.
14: Oh, okay, great.
1: How, um, how many? Got... How many pages?
14: Uh, just one. Hmm. A single page with with a cover page.
1: a matter of fact, I'm going to pick up the phone during this next break, and I'm going to call Ray Santilli in England. Uh, Must be about the right time to call him. uh, And I'm going to see if I can line something up.
14: Okay, I have some uh, some, some more information on the film. Uh, I talked to a gentleman here, uh, excuse me, out of California, who has the exclusive uh, rights to the film for distributing it on videotape. Yes. And I guess that... uh, from what he has told me and I couldn't verify my facts.
1: Sir, I'll tell you what. Do you want to hold on? Hey, you bet. I've got a break coming up here, so uh hold on where you are. We'll
0: be right back. You're listening to Ark Bell somewhere in time. Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from July 17, 1995. Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from July 17th, 1995.
1: To those of you just joining at this hour, hello, welcome. We'll uh, review the news here in a moment. I've got a caller on hold who was in the middle of saying something about Ray Santilli's Roswell film uh, and that he has a friend who has the distribution rights in California or something. Is that right, sir? Yes, sir, it is. On videotape, huh? On videotape. Um,
14: what I have now is uh, he gave me a pretty detailed uh, description of what's on the film. Um, he had given me some information on uh, other parts of the film that he has not seen yet, but has uh, heard what is supposedly on the film. And he gave me the story about uh, how the films came into possession of Mr. Santilli. And uh,
1: well, I'm going to get that right from the horse's mouth. I'm going to be interviewing Ray Santilli on the air.
14: Okay. Um, How's that? Oh, that's great. And that's uh, sometime this week?
1: Yeah. Um, of course, he's in London, so uh, I think it's just coming up around 9 o'clock or so in the morning in London or before it. And uh, I didn't reach him this last break, but I'll, I'll call him in the next break, and we'll line it up for tomorrow or something.
14: Okay. Um, can I add one more thing really quick? Sure. Okay. Um, the What I did receive from my, from my uh, friend who has uh he's the director of the u f o audio video Clearinghouse house in uh california right uh, I received a letter from him and uh the stills of uh of the of the footage that's been that you have on your bulletin board mm-hmm.
1: and all that and i'm gee these are just incredible I know these are really incredible I know they are and um it's a great teaser for the film i guess <laughs> yeah
3: um all right
1: but- sir uh thank you very much and if any of you want the stills they're all over a cyberspace. They're on the Internet at various locations, and we have them on the bulletin board. Um, you uh, need a computer and a modem and a little bit of know-how and how to download uh, using some sort of protocol, Z-modem or whatever. Uh, you can call our bulletin board 24 hours a day. They are awesome. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. In fact, I found them uh, particularly shocking because, to me, they look like what an alien ought to look like. Kind of a vague image of us, if you will, but enough different so you say, Oh, my God. You know, that's the kind of reactions I've been getting universally. All right, new affiliate news coming. Coming shortly. Coming attractions. Next week, WSTP uh, in Salisbury, North Carolina, will begin carrying Dreamland. Now, I thought that was kind of neat. Because we have KSTP in Minneapolis-St. Paul, and now WSTP, and uh, we have both. Coming soon, uh, KAGO, no, I'm sorry, I should have said coast-to-coast. WSTP will be carrying coast-to-coast from 2 to Um, 5. KAGO in Klamath Falls is the one adding Dreamland beginning August 6th, and... Also, a big pickup, uh, KDXU in St. George, Utah, begins, we think, about July 24th. Now, they're a big one on 890, and uh, I suppose if you're anywhere in Utah or the surrounding states, including, I might add, here in Nevada, um, 890 comes in like a bomb. So, beginning July 24th, we will be there as well. The news is Not good. Bosnia is, of course, a disastrous mess. It was the um, subject of most of the weekend shows. The safe areas are falling like ten pins. The UN is huddled in a corner somewhere. Warren Christopher is talking about sending in U.S. jets, followed by helicopters carrying European ground troops. And nobody really knows what the hell to do. Bob Dole wants to arm the Bosnians. Uh, the president does not. It's just, you know, it's a big mess. We are, to some degree, responsible for not allowing the Bosnians to defend themselves. And I just don't know how Warren Christopher and company can sleep at night. Yeltsin. Um, very interesting story on Yeltsin, I think. You remember the hard problems last week? The first reports that it was serious. Well, yesterday, Moscow released a photograph of Yeltsin, purportedly to show him in uh, rosy-cheeked health. Well, NBC tore the photograph apart and determined it was one taken of Yeltsin last April. Now, what does that mean? It means they're lying. Then, later in the day, Moscow released a second photograph, the same photograph, this time, though, in color. Again, exactly the same photograph taken in April. So they're lying. It's a ruse. It means Yeltsin is... You know what my guess is? That we will soon hear that Yeltsin is suddenly dead of some kind of massive heart attack. Or maybe they'll just never tell us that he died at all. Who knows? The number of dead in Chicago is unbelievable. 190 so far, the coroner there thinks it'll go to 300 before it's all over. From the heat. 300 dead from the heat. Now, since when does that occur in a single American city? Ever. Somebody called a little while ago and suggested um, that it's because of modern technology. Because we've got air conditioning, we've got this, we've got that. We live inside. Our bodies are not rough and tough anymore. And so if the power goes off and we get hot, we die. And the older people, of course, die first. And I guess that is true. The mayor of Chicago wants it uh, declared a disaster area. Uh, Newsweek magazine reporting that you're not going to believe this. Uh, there are now gangs in the U.S. military the Crips, the Bloods, and the Chicago folk gangsters are all now active in all four branches of the U.S. Armed Services and at more than 50 military bases around the U.S. It is said most gang crimes, like drug trafficking, robbery, assault, and at least 10 cases of homicide have taken place off-base and off-duty, but it adds, now get this, Enlisted army men have been photographed flashing gang signs during the middle of the Gulf War. It also said some gangs are now staking out turf on aircraft carriers at sea. Can you imagine that? Staking out turf on aircraft carriers. The Waco hearings will begin Wednesday. The Whitewater hearings will begin today. It is going to be a very very tough week for the administration. Um, Whitewater hearings are going to include an inquiry into the Vince Foster case. There is still something there. I have always had the belief that uh, Vince Foster did commit suicide. But I think that body was moved. Maybe, maybe, we'll find out. And, of course, the Waco hearings beginning Wednesday. Schumer and company all believe the Waco hearings are going to be used to discredit the government, to uh, destroy what uh, efforts at gun control have been made so far, and you know the only reason I can figure that they're worried that this will hurt the case for gun control is if the government is shown to have been wrong and just slaughtered those people. Otherwise uh, you would think that uh, if they were all on the right, it would help the case for gun control. But no, they're saying ahead of time, they're worried it's going to hurt the case. Now, why would they be worried if the truth was on their side? Jesse James, they're digging and digging, and there's no Jesse James thus far in the grave. And they're way down there. So they're going to keep digging tomorrow. But presumably, if they don't come up with Jesse pretty soon... Then they're going to conclude it was an empty grave, and it means, I guess, Jesse James fooled everybody and uh, lived out his life uh, well someplace. Who knows? I guess tomorrow we'll know. West of the Rockies, you're on the air.
11: Yes, hi, Art. Uh, This is Rick from San Francisco. Hi, Rick. I wanted to comment on three things real quickly. One I agree with that gentleman that I think technology and uh, your body has a lot to do with with the way you feel. Um, sure. I was born and raised in Las Vegas. I've I've been up here for two years now, and I'm complaining when it's 80 in San Francisco. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? It's a yeah. heat wave.
8: Yeah, I
1: know. And then
11: people are like, well, I thought you grew up in Las Vegas. It's like, you know what? You're right, but it feels hotter. I mean, it it just feels hot to me since I'm I'm. You know, haven't been used to it Well, for a long
1: remember time. that in San Francisco you've got a lot of humidity that uh, Las Vegas yeah, does not have. Yeah,
11: but not as bad. Um, number two, um, being that I have been up for two, uh, I have been up here for two years. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there have been no earthquakes. I have not felt an earthquake since I've been up here, and I really, and I've talked to some other people who've been here longer. It's been dead up here. There's absolutely nothing going on up here. And my
1: wonder, my view would be. That's bad.
11: That's bad? Yeah. Great. I moved up here at a great, great time.
1: Well, it depends on your point of view. Um, most people hold the view, a lot of geologists, that small earthquakes relieve pressure and that when you have a long period of time that goes by, the pressure builds, in other words, between shifting tectonic plates and uh, so that a long period of inactivity... Uh, is bad news.
11: Right. And I know you're very knowledgeable on 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 the earthquakes and stuff. Is it true that that the Hayward fault is the one that um we have to worry about up here as opposed to the San Andreas because the Hayward fault runs apparently runs through major metropolitan areas. Are you familiar with that at all?
1: Yes it is. Yes, uh I am and yes, that is true. Okay.
11: And uh, my third question is um I have uh, started a lot of people listening to you and um most of them like you know like myself are gay and it's funny that when they listen to you and they will listen to your callers it's remarkable how they say you know what this is the first time I have ever heard this in my entire life right. or yeah we've seen it on TV Heard what well just people um um severely against gay people not necessarily you but but um just callers um um comments and stuff, and you know, I, I talked to them, I said, well, surely you've run into some opposition, you know. And okay, like, again, no.
1: sir, um, alright, thank you. Again, you're in San Francisco, and your perception is of being affected by where you are. You are in an area where, per capita, there are more gay people, arguably, I suppose, than almost anywhere else in the U.S. So, Everywhere is not like San Francisco. Uh, just as earlier in your life, everywhere is not like Las Vegas. Um, every place is, in its own way, quite distinct. And when you moved from Las Vegas to San Francisco, you made a big cultural shift. And there is a big cultural shift. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hi.
3: Hello.
1: Going, going, on uh, wild card line number two, you're on the air. Hi.
13: Yes, hi. My name's Wendy and I'm from Orville, California. Wendy,
1: you're gonna have to speak up. You're not the hamburger girl, are you?
13: Oh no I'm not.
1: Okay. Well that's <laughs> all right.
13: No, I was um calling because um uh, actually I had comments about the weather because um this is this year has been the weirdest weather I know for our area. I know. And um it's really weird. I'm I just wondering if everybody out there, I, I'm not a paranoid person or anything like that, but um, does everybody feel like that, that it's something weird is, up. is maybe going to happen? Or yes. You yes. Know, Wendy,
1: is- yes. Yes. The answer is yes. Um, we've discussed this on the show many times. Something's up. Mama Earth, Mama Nature, God, whoever you want to talk about is getting ready to do something.
13: What do you think more people would be worried about it? I mean, you know, we complain about, you know, the rainforest and everything, but then there's, uh, you know, other people in the states here that they complain about, oh, we can't, you know, we have to, you know, we can't save the environment. We have to cut down these trees or we have to do this, we have to do that. But then we turn around and we complain because, oh, no, they're going over there, they're cutting down the rainforest, we're not going to have any air. You know, there's just different things like that, and that sometimes I kind of wonder. If
1: there was a guy. There was a guy Wendy last week who called me up and said, "Mother Earth is like a living organism, and one of these days soon she is going to shed us as a dog would fleas."
13: <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense to me.
8: Does it? <laughs> yeah,
13: it's kind of a um, scary way to think, but. Yeah, I you know we're kind of the biggest parasite here, well, I believe as far as you know we there's a lot of us that just don't care.
1: Well, there's there's some uh, to me, Wendy. Thank you. There's a middle ground between um between uh, the general biblical view that uh, the earth and its resources are here to be used, and we're put here to be used by man, and therefore we should use them, not worry about it. And uh, the environmentalists and tree huggers who are worried about, I i am to some degree an environmentalist. I mean, nobody in their right mind wants dirty air. They don't want to have to breathe dirty air, and there's a lot of dirty air around. You don't want your water polluted, right? No, of course you don't. Uh, you don't want a lot of things uh, fouled in the environment in which you live. That only makes common sense. That doesn't mean that you protect every last ant that walks down the pavement. But it does mean that you're aware of your environment and try to do things to maintain it as best you can Is that middle ground? I guess so. Is that where I am? It certainly is uh, Does that make me a moderate? Probably. Is that a terrible place to be? According to some it is. I'll be uh, right back West of the Rockies you're on the air
15: Hi, Art. Hello. Art.
4: That's me. I'm calling from Palm Springs. Okay. Uh, I have always felt that uh, our most favored nation, trade agreement with China, is financing their army and the progress of the building you referred to when you were over there. Well, it is. And a long time ago, a wise, wise person said to me that we only have one thing to fear, and that's the yellow army. Now. Well, I'd like to hear what your listeners have to say about that.
1: All right. All Thanks. right, listeners, thank you. Do you fear the yellow army? The great masses from the east? Um I do not. Uh the nature of warfare now uh is not such that you would talk particularly when you're talking of China of great masses Uh, coming forth across the Pacific or uh, through any other land mass movement uh, toward us. No, I don't fear that. But communist China, and I was there, and I can tell you, is still communist China. In other words, despite the economic, incredible economic activity in communist China now, they are still communist China. They're still communists. They're not nice communists. They're not reformed communists. They're communists who want money, but they're communists. And we better not forget it. <laughs> That's what I would say. You could feel the chill when you, you went across the border. I mean, there was no question about it. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. Yes, sir.
15: This is Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Where are you? San Diego, Cogo. Yes, sir. Um really enjoy yourself. thank you uh i'm hooked on it and listening every night for about three months now but um one thing a couple of things but one thing uh, you mentioned about gangs in the military uh, in the military that is the oddest thing that is, i just don't see how that happen.
1: i frankly don't either i it's unimaginable to me i mean i was in the military went through base training i can't imagine a gang member could make it through but <laughs> there you are.
15: Um also uh, I I just I I wonder about you because uh, I just I think it would probably be great to be to be you. Well not to be you but you know I just kind of imagine you in your studio or whatever, you are there by yourself and I was wondering if uh, you could describe uh the area what is your surroundings there, you know, in your studio? Well, uh,
1: I do the show from a hammock, and I have two Tahitian girls <laughs> who uh, wave palms and keep me cool and comfortable and uh, bring me uh, fruity cocktail drinks as I do the program.
16: <laughs> oh, well.
15: There's one other thing I wanted to comment on. Um, have you seen uh, Die Hard 3?
1: No, not yet. I'm looking forward to it, though.
15: Um, well, I saw the first two and, and I thought they were they were great. And uh, the third one, I it was, it was all right, but uh, I didn't Uh-oh. really get. Oh, oh, you were disappointed. Well, I didn't get a very, you know, so you see a really good movie and and uh, you, you, at the end of it you have a good feeling, you know, and then you see a uh, a movie that's not so good, and, and sometimes you might even have a you know kind of a bad feeling. Yep. And I, I kind of got that kind of a feeling uh, uh, after. This one because of uh, well you know the black guy that's on there um, he, he's he's portrayed as a as a racist uh, against white people and or white people uh, messed up black people. Well now don't
1: end. tell us the whole
15: plot. Now, I won't tell you the whole plot. Well anyhow uh, I just uh, didn't think it was right the way uh, he.
8: All right all right all right
1: let's hold it there. Uh, did did people die harder in the movie? <laughs>
15: No, not really. Oh, okay.
1: Well, usually um, you've got to have more violence. Uh, each new episode has got to be wilder than the last to work. We'll be back.
0: You're listening to Ark Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from July seventeenth, nineteen 1995. Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired July 17th, 1995.
1: Well, this is a kick in the pants. I just talked to Ray Santilli in London during this last break. In an hour, uh, about 2.30 Pacific time, we're going to interview Ray Santilli. Get ready. Who, Who, you say, is Ray Santilli? Well, he is the guy who's got the Roswell film. That is causing so much stir, and well, it should. Uh, so, that's what I mean when I say what we do here on the air is unpredictable, uh, spontaneous, and uh, I just do it when I can do it. And I talked to Ray, I, he said, Well, I got a little interview to do here now. I said, Well, how about in an hour? He said, Okay, let's do it. So, in an hour, I'm going to call Ray Santilli if we can get through. And we're going to talk to him about the Roswell uh, film and maybe break through some of the rumor and myth and find out exactly what this guy has. God, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, that's about an hour from now, and that's the way things frequently occur on this program. Back to the phone lines for now. Any subject is fair game. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Art.
17: This is Christopher from Dawson Creek calling you again.
1: Dawson Creek, way up in the middle of almost even more of nowhere than I'm in.
17: Yeah. <laughs> I'll just turn my radio down. Thank you. Just with that.
1: Boy, we come in very well in Dawson. Hi. Creek. What What station do you listen to in Dawson? Um, Creek?
17: I listen to KOMO out of Seattle. Wow, boy, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I heard it for a second there. They put a good signal up into Dawson Creek.
17: Oh yes, do they ever? Tell, tell Tell. You
1: know, tell everybody where Dawson Creek is.
17: Okay, it's about seven hundred miles north of Vancouver.
1: Uh, all right, uh, way up there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what's on your mind?
17: Okay, um, about a week ago when I called you, you were asking about how the roads up here don't heave uh, um, in the wintertime. Well, you, we were tremors. talking
1: about the fact that the Alcan Highway, what used to be called the Alcan,
17: do they still call it the Alcan? Um, no, they call it the Alaska Highway.
1: Hmm.
17: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway,
1: uh, yeah, if they paved it, when you get down to 70
17: below zero or so, you would uh-huh. think it would just heave right up. Yeah, well, anyways, I was talking to my dad who works for the Ministry of Highways.
1: The Ministry of Highways. Yeah. <laughs>
17: <laughs> and um, he was saying what they do is they put gravel underneath the pavement. Um, he was saying they put about two, three feet of gravel under the pavement. Right. And he was saying they have um, pilings as well. And... That way, it stabilizes the ground, and that way, the the permafrost doesn't affect the pavement. Hmm. Yeah, but I never knew that until I asked my dad.
1: Well, now we know. I wonder what the Ministry of Highways would do with a beached whale.
17: With a beached whale? Yeah, the, I don't see, know. See, the,
1: the Ministry of Highways down in Oregon blew one up. Are you really? Yeah, they blew it into a million pieces, and some of them were. One piece was so big it came down and crushed a car. Wow. Yeah, that's what I said, and I didn't believe it, and somebody sent me a videotape. I've got a videotape of this whale blowing up as damnedest thing you ever saw. (laughs)
2: Wow. (laughs) All right.
1: Well, well, listen, thank you uh, very much for the call, the Ministry of Highways. huh? (laughs) Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Good morning. Uh,
16: Good morning, Art. Hello. For the fellow that uh, moved to San Francisco and is disappointed he hasn't felt any earthquakes, Uh, He may be like like, uh, I am. I don't usually feel them if they're under a magnitude 3. But uh, if you check his Friday newspaper, there's a little feature in there called GeoWatch. It's by the USGS,
18: Mm. and
16: it shows uh, everything above uh,
18: 1.0. There you are.
16: And they average about 20 Earth movements a week.
1: Well, maybe he sit, needs to sit in his chair very, very quietly just waiting for the slightest little shake.
16: Well, um, I got kind of sneaky. I was disappointed about not feeling any here in Las Vegas, so I hung some pendulums up.
8: Yes, I know.
1: I,
16: I can tell by the movement of the pendulums, but I, otherwise I wouldn't, wouldn't even notice them.
1: Okay, thank you. Yeah, that man made, made an earthquake detector, which you can do electrically. In other words, you just hang something from the ceiling... Uh, with some weight to it, and uh, put it uh, put a circle around it and uh, make it a conductive circuit so that when uh, when it moves and touches uh, the ring, it sets off an alarm. So you can make yourself a cute little earthquake detector that way if you really want to know. Uh, now, I'm not sure how that would react for a pure upward thrust, but for most earthquakes, I think it would uh, register. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello.
10: Radio Free America. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, I couldn't believe it. Rush today on his show mentioned uh, Waco.
1: What choice does he have? He's about to hearing. He
10: said, uh, you know, there's people that are, want to keep this thing covered up, and then there's people that <clears throat> want to tell what really happened uh, down there. So, <clears throat> and Brian Ross, <clears throat> who has lied about Waco in the past, is now they're doing a piece uh, on uh, on one of their shows on ABC. It was just really blowing the whole story backwards, but they're going to be doing piece on the CS gas and how it's illegal and why they used it down there. So we're making uh, we're making strides but the the hearing I mean the hearings are not going to be live art according to to my uh, sources they're going to be uh tape delayed on C-SPAN where they can edit in and out what they want to and the questions and so on. So and it's pretty much so far that I know of it's stacked in the government's favor right now. So we need to call our congressman and uh, C-SPAN. But uh, uh, I wanted to talk about, uh, if you got the time, about Buchanan and on uh, on uh,
9: uh,
10: uh, uh, Meet the Repressed. Yeah, Uh, I thought he did pretty good. um, You know, with uh, against Specter, who should be uh, joining the Democratic Party. What did you think? (laughs)
2: Um,
1: I didn't always agree with Buchanan. I, I had a funny reaction to it. I agreed some of the time with Spectre, but I didn't much like, I don't much like Spectre for some reason.
10: He looks like, a, you know, a sour prune.
1: I don't know who he reminds me of, but somebody I don't like. There's something about something about Spectre that I don't like. Uh, but I, I agreed with him somewhat. Um, I'm not as much, of, as you know, of an isolationist as Pat Buchanan, and we differ in a few of those areas. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that we need constitutional amendments um, for everything we disagree with.
10: Right, I agree with that too.
1: And so that's where I found myself in agreement with Specter, but oddly not much liking Specter. So there you are.
10: What do you think about Schumer? Ah, well, <laughs> it's not even worth asking. I'll talk to you later.
1: All right, see you later. Uh, again, my comment is: Why are these people in fear of the Waco hearings? Why do they think that it will set back gun control? The only way that could be is if it turns out that Waco was a gigantic misstep, a big blunder, or even a criminal act on the part of the government. If it comes out that way, then yeah, you're damn right it's going to hurt gun control. So, to me, their fear uh, just says that they somehow know what's coming. You know what I mean? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Eric. Hello. I wanted
4: to tell you, this is KCMO, Kansas City, Missouri, Clay County. Yes, ma'am. Kearney, Missouri is also in Clay County, and they did find bones down there today.
8: They
1: did. And
4: they're going to start digging again at 8 o'clock this morning.
1: Now, see, the evening news said they had not found one bone.
4: Well, they showed it on our news here locally, and they showed two casket handles, and the casket was evidently wood, and it fell in on itself.
8: Oh. And they're going
4: to have to take the bones out piece by piece. Oh. They thought they were going to have to raise up the casket. They were going to put a couple balloons down there, but there wasn't anything to raise up.
1: I wonder if they're going to be able to make a determination that Jesse was shot in the back or something.
4: Well, <laughs> I don't know really. They're, they said that there might, as many times as he was shot, that they might be able to find on the bones where he'd been shot.
1: Either that or it will turn out to be Jimmy Hoffa.
4: <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to tell you what was the latest. They're going to start de- uh, bringing the bones out again at 8 o'clock this morning. We had media from all over the world up there, even mm. selling T-shirts. Why are, really? Mm-hmm.
1: Why are we doing this?
4: Well, they just want to put it to rest once and for all, whether or not it was really him. One of our local newsmen erroneously called him Jesse Jackson today. <laughs> uh,
8: hmm.
4: So, and I feel the same about Warren Christopher as you do.
1: Uh, really, I there's something about that guy. Huh. he's just um, he's just nothing but a mouthpiece, a tool. It's like he has no original thought. Um, what he says about Bosnia makes me sick. Our policy about Bosnia makes me sick. I suppose you could say he's saying what he should say. It's what the president feels, but it's disgusting.
4: Mm. Looks like Charlie Chan to me.
1: Yeah, thank you, for, thank you, thank you so much.
4: <laughs> okay. Clay
1: County, Missouri, huh?
4: Yes, that's uh, Kearney. That's uh, northeast of here. I live in Kansas City North, which is on the north side of the river.
1: Somehow, uh, I, I would have been happier had they not found a thing.
4: Well, they had a lead shield. It was down about four feet. They had to they had to get that out. and Then they went on down six feet, where they found this casket, and they did show the two handles, but the rest of it had fallen in on top of itself.
8: Well,
1: they need they need Erando Rivera there to open it all up. <laughs> Thank you very much for the call. You remember that when when Erando opened up that whatever it was, secret, something or another, and there was a whole bunch of absolutely nothing in there. Was <laughs> to the Rockies? You're on the air.
19: Oh, my goodness. I got through them. Yes. Here.
1: You did. Turn it off and tell us where you are.
19: Oh, this is Phil. I'm in Reno. Okay. I had a suggestion for you regarding your 8x10 photo problem you had back in Vegas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a problem. All right.
19: Well, uh, a lot of people love to have a photograph of you, you know, uh, me being included in that list. I don't have access to a computer that we could get the photo and all that. But I had a thought about it. If you, uh, you can get 8 by 10 copies of a negative, 35 millimeter negative, relatively cheap, especially at Walmart or something like that. Yeah. And if you charged $5 or so a photograph... No, I'm, not gonna covered, do, I'm not going to do that. Well, let me finish, though. Yeah, I, think, go ahead. I think you'll like it. it, it it'll cover, mo- most likely, postage, the envelope, and what have you. You can put on there, thank you, our Bell, and whatever is uh, above the cost of mailing them out, you can give to the Parham Valley Animal Shelter. You see what I'm saying?
1: You're still setting me up for a terrible ordeal. and uh, Well, I really did. I went through a terrible ordeal, and uh, at the time, I was working for only KDWN in Las Vegas.
2: Right. All right, right. so
1: thousands come in, right? Mm-hmm. I go to the radio station, and I say, <laughs> uh, help, and they say, Why? You opened your big mouth, and they were right, I did. So you're on your own, buddy, and I was, and I was licking and a licking and a licking and, and kicking myself in the pants the whole time, so I don't do it anymore. And, I, you know, I wouldn't charge $5. Then, you know what I'd get? I'd get a bunch of messages saying, boy, are you ugly. Uh, <laughs> the biggest waste of five dollars I ever made. Do I need that kind of heartache?
19: No. Well, no, but I guess there was a fun. It would raise a heck of a lot of money for your animal shelter.
1: Well, you, you, you know, that's tempting, but
19: uh, I did mail a check, by the way. Oh, thank you. Also, um, you and, were- and,
1: and incidentally, I should let everybody know now. It's out. I didn't really want to make a big deal out of it, but it's uh, well over five thousand dollars now. Okay. And they're going to build a whole, you know, building animal containment area. Dedicated to all of you and those and ghosts and the whole thing.
19: Well, excellent. Yeah, it is. I'm glad to hear that. You made my evening. So,
1: you know, we'll end up helping a lot of animals out of this, sir. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you and everybody else.
19: Uh, I did have one more comment at this time. Sure. Um, You were talking earlier about technology making us weaker and being more susceptible, such as in Chicago and whatnot. Yes. Are you familiar with James Burke?
1: Oh, that's a familiar name.
19: Uh, he did a show back in 78 called Connections. It's a. Vaguely familiar. Uh, it's a scientific program. You know, it's a, a little dry, but it's awfully good, and it talks about America's, well, the world's interdependency on technology and using it how they don't understand it, but use it anyway as so though they do. Right. right. It's a 10-part series, and it's on uh, the Learning Channel, and I highly recommend it.
1: All right. I appreciate that.
19: Well, thank you for letting me talk, sir.
1: Well, thanks for talking. Um. Yeah, we are dependent, and I think we're used to a narrow range of temperatures that we're able to keep because we have heaters and we have air conditioners. And for the most part, we live in this narrow range, and so our bodies become used to it. And I guess with the power failure and the heat and the fact that people are living longer in these controlled environments, you get a disaster, like Chicago. Either that or it's something else. That's a lot of dead people in heat. They're projecting, uh, the coroner in Chicago is projecting up to 300 people dead because of the heat. I may be interviewing Ray Santilli at the bottom of the next hour. Ray Santilli is the man with the Roswell photographs. This is kind of a surprise thing, even though I knew it was coming. I didn't really expect we'd get an opportunity to do it this morning. But we are going to do it and uh, it should be very revealing and maybe we can go toward separating myth from reality. He'd be the man who knows. He's the guy with the film. East of the Rockies, you're on the air.
20: Hi Art, this is Ken in Kansas City. Hi Ken. Listening to KCMO. You betcha. Um, I wanted to comment on uh, arming Bosnia. I really think that's the the thing to do. Um, get the UN out, let them fight their own fight. And I'm hoping that Clinton, I mean, he's been against it so long, he can't back out now. So maybe he'll, just to save face, Mm -hmm. let it go through, not veto it, you know, and just let it happen.
8: Well,
1: maybe, but every time it's mentioned, he brings up the word veto. Yeah. So... Maybe he'll do that, but the indications are that he's going to veto it. And on the other hand, he's a very shrewd politician, and he can count. Uh, So can his chief of staff. Uh And if they determine that it is veto-proof numbers, uh, maybe he will sign it.
20: Well, I think it's the best way out for him, you know, because that way he can say, well, you know, Everybody's against me, and I might as well just do this because I'll yeah, be on it anyway. Yeah, but
1: there's one little uh, snag in the whole thing. <clears throat> to arm the Bosnians, we've got to get first get the UN out. Uh-huh. To get the UN out is going to require 25,000 U.S. troops. Yeah. And a few months. Yeah. And no yeah. doubt, a lot of casualties.
20: And it may happen too late for him anyway.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know.
20: And on this night terror thing, yes. my wife goes through the same thing.
1: She does?
20: She does. It's, I mean, sometimes it's worms coming up out of the bed, and sometimes oh. it's she sees what she described as the devil walking into the bedroom. Um, it's always, you know, half real and half dreamlike. And I mean it's the creepiest it's creepy. <laughs> and I've always like you, I always kind of I like to live by hunches, you know. Yes. And she's I've when we were on our honeymoon she had a dream that uh, her dead grandfather came to us and said, Don't go to this one place tomorrow. <laughs> we didn't go.
1: <laughs> you didn't go.
20: <laughs> no way.
1: Did did anything happen to the place?
20: No. Uh, so then
1: you'll never know whether it was because you didn't go. or... Well, it was
20: a forty-five minute drive, you know. So, uh, you know, I think it is, you know, and it's and it's not a good drive. It, it was a bad road anyway.
1: My advice would be to listen.
20: Oh, I, absolutely.
1: I listen to my hunches, and it's absolutely. worked for me.
20: Absolutely. Hmm. She's she's always had dreams like this, and and I listen. I listen to her more than she does.
1: The last place you want the devils in your bedroom. <laughs> That's for sure. All right. Thanks a million. Thank you. Take care. I used to think he was in the closet. I mean, everybody... Do you know... (laughs) I hate to admit this, but my wife would tell you it is true. I still, to this day, do not go to sleep with closets open. I know it seems silly, but everybody knows there's something in the closet, right? Because it's very dark in there, and you can't see into all the areas. And so if there's anything in there, that's where it's going to be, in the closet. It's obvious. So I always, I always close the closet. Uh, my wife thinks it's very humorous. And maybe it's just an old habit, you know, but I do that. I close closet doors. I mean, who wants to go to sleep with a monster in the closet? It's obvious. Maybe it's just... East a- of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello? Close closet doors. I mean, who well, wants... That's somebody playing me back to me. Don't need it. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hi.
18: Hi, Art. D.W. again, from a very foggy ocean this time.
1: Foggy ocean, huh?
18: Yeah, we're headed northbound, and it's not very good visibility. Say, I called. I wanted to thank you for some of your sponsors.
1: Well, well, thank you.
18: I've got a fairly new 818 that I'm real... Real fond of.
1: Oh, that's a hot radio. Yeah,
18: I listened to you guys the other night there. OBB was on there.
1: Ha, ha, ha. When I was on uh, ham radio. Yeah. How did I come in out there?
18: Oh, you came in pretty good. I was kind of close to your neck of the woods. I was down around San Francisco Bay, so it wasn't far up over the hill.
1: I must have been blasting in then. Yeah.
18: And also the final filter. Mm-hmm. I've got a set of three-year-old twins. One of them doesn't breathe real well. Yes, sir. Uh, within probably four or five days it made a real noticeable difference in my house that's right and I'm a three-time user of absolutely fresh flowers I haven't seen any of them yet but I hear they've worked out real well
8: oh
1: yes, yeah. so that's generally what you do yeah well, you're a faithful, good listener
18: yeah, and one other thing uh, I agree very much we should arm the Bosnians
1: alright, sir, on, uh, look, on that note and so do I, we're in agreement I've got to go, I have no choice the clock is the clock is a clock we'll be right back
0: you're listening to Ark Bell somewhere in time Tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from July 17th, 1995. time on premier radio networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from July 17th, 1995.
1: Good morning, everybody. Um, here in the middle of the night, we're going to do something a little odd uh, in about 25 or 30 minutes. We're going to call England, uh, London, and talk to Ray Santilli, who is the um, uh, the possessor of the Roswell footage. Uh, of which now there is much mythology, much uh, confusion, and uh, alarm, and all kinds of uh, emotions surround this film and the stills that have come from it. And so we're trying, to, we're going to try to get to the bottom of some of it by talking to the man himself. I love doing that; it's kind of spontaneous. I knew that I would be doing it, but I had no idea this morning. And I talked to Santilli about. 35 minutes ago in London, and he said, sure, let's do it in about an hour. So we'll try. East of the Rockies, you're on the air.
9: Hi. Yeah, good morning. Um, Art, calling from Dallas.
1: Dallas, Texas, and KGBS. Right, uh, 1190.
9: Yes, sir. Um, A couple of things. First of all, I watched Meet the Press on Sunday, and as I was watching Arlen Specter, I was thinking to myself, uh, this is a guy Art Bell would really like, conservative economically, and uh, tolerant on social issues, which I've heard you yes. say many times.
8: Yes, and
1: but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you heard me with an earlier caller, I'm sure, say that uh, actually I found myself in agreement with uh, Mr. Specter, Sen- Senator Specter, save his views on uh, pro- his pro-abortion views. Uh, save that, but there's something about Arlen Spector that I don't particularly like. I don't know what it is.
9: Well, that's vague. I mean, it is know, vague. I mean, no, you're it right. Can't be the way he looks. That would be absurd. You know, it has to be, you know, I hope you can pinpoint that. I know it's not the way he looks, because that doesn't sound like something you would take into consideration.
1: Maybe it's his uh, delivery.
9: He was very matter-of-fact, uh, very confident, it seemed to me. Not cocky, but very confident. I I was rather impressed with him um, myself. Okay, uh, well,
1: I, I, I don't change what I said. I, his, his words were okay, but I, I'm sorry. I wish I could pinpoint you know put my thumb on it for you uh
9: the other thing i because you're going to have this uh gentleman on uh, at the bottom of the hour um I, th- I was listening to a program uh in fact on um on the on your affiliate here in dallas they had on um, a, a scientist named richard berenson i don't know if you've heard of him he's a very noted well uh he's an ast- astronomer and a a very noted one, as a matter of fact, and someone called in about the Roswell issue because that had been brought up, and they stated very emphatically they were on a recovery team in in Roswell, and you ought to bring this up to your guests coming up, and they said that it was a crash of a B-29 and that the bodies uh, after the crash were mutilated, and uh, that would take into account the, the possibility people might confuse them with uh aliens i'm not ruling that oh, out wait a
1: minute now hold it if it was b29 then yep. why why would the air force say then and now that it was a balloon
9: well the balloon story uh changed uh, a few months ago they yeah came, yeah
1: to a new balloon they, they it,
9: called it a balloon train okay well all i can i i, I just wish you'd bring that up because he did say this caller not he said it to richard berenson he said that. He was on the recovery team. It was nothing more than the crash, but B-29. Yeah,
1: well, that flies well, in the face of, of all other testimony.
9: Might be. but and, and anyway, as we go along with the campaign coming up, try to uh, figure out what it is about Spectre you don't like. I will. I was really impressed with him. I'm telling you. I all was. right.
1: All right. Thank you. I thought that on some points he beat Buchanan because Buchanan... Um, had to sit there and basically back the idea of a constitutional amendment for everything that he opposed. And I don't agree with that. I don't think that we need a constitutional amendment to prevent flag burning. I used to think that, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought we don't need it. Because A, there are not many flags burned, and B, people tend tend to take care of their own, you know, and if, when you see somebody burning a flag, you're probably going to punch them in the nose, so it doesn't happen a lot. Um, prayer in school. I don't think there should be a constitutional amendment that would mandate prayer in school. I don't think there ought to be mandated prayer in school. I think a moment of silence is fine. And I think the president, for all the wrong reasons, political, uh, basically did have it correct the other day when he said, "Look." The U.S. Supreme Court has not said there uh, may be no religion in school. It's gone too far. I mean, actually, the president was right about that. It was utterly political on his part, but he was right. So I don't think we need a constitutional amendment for that. And so forth and so on. So it is strange. I agreed with Spectre more than I did Buchanan. But I'm not comfortable with Spectre, and I'm sorry I can't tell you why. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello? No, I guess you're not. First time caller line, we'll put you on. You're on the air. Hi.
16: Yes. Hello? Oh.
1: Hello? Hello? Well, who is this? Well, who are you calling?
21: Oh, I'm calling Art Bell.
1: Well, doggone, that's who you got. Oh, is it? Yes.
21: I hate to open up old wounds. It's all right. But I missed how you caught Ghost and what happened to him.
1: Oh yeah, that's an old wound, all right. Maybe not so un- such an old wound. Um, all right, if you'll listen on the air, I'd be glad to tell you uh, very briefly. There's a very sad story. I had a cat under my house. All of a sudden, now, you know, I don't know where the cat came from. I I, I have no idea. It was it sounded like all, all I heard for two weeks was just meow meow under the house, and it would never come out. And so I started calling it ghost. And I built a trap, (laughs) stupid trap, you know, I had a U.S. government uh, postal service box and I put a little stick there and I attached a wire to it and I waited by that window for hours and hours. And uh, finally a ghost uh, came out of the house, got into my trap, boom, I pulled it. And, you know, this poor little guy living under the house, what an abysmal life it must have been. And uh, he got his tail uh, c- caught in the back of the trap, backed out, ran under the house, and after that, wouldn't even meow at me for a while. Uh, the story progresses. We got a trap from uh, Los Angeles. A wonderful lady in Los Angeles sent a trap to me called a heart trap, and they, they really are very nice. And finally, uh, without going through all the details, poor little ghost was trapped. And I was so happy... And I was going to give Ghost a home and brought Ghost in, actually brought Ghost into the studio and let you all hear Ghost. It was a she, by the way. She was a Ghost. And uh, next day, took her to the vet. And we were going to get the full range of shots. And I do that for my pets. And um, it was really a heartbreaker. Ghost had feline leukemia. And uh, a fairly advanced stage at that. Plus, some total inhuman human being um, apparently threw Ghost out of the car. She had a bad hip injury. And that was from being thrown out of a moving car. So some total jerk drove by here and threw this poor little cat out of a moving car. It was injured, ran under my house and that's where it was all that time and so a short terribly sad life and the good thing the only good thing that's come out of all this in ghost memory now is that after i i was so i was so heartbroken um about all of that you you have no idea you have no idea and so that same day when Ghost had to be put to sleep, I went down to the animal shelter, you know, our local animal shelter here, and I must have looked at a hundred cats. That animal shelter is really full. And I picked out a beautiful, beautiful little cat that we call Shadow. My wife named uh, our new cat Shadow. Shadow of Ghost, if you will. And I gave out the address to our local animal shelter and said, well, send a donation. You know, if you've got a couple of bucks to rub together, send a donation to our local animal shelter. And I said, don't mention my name. Just do it. And uh turns out they're well over $5,000, and that money, I want to tell you. So if anything came out of Ghost's um, short, sad life, it was these wonderful donations that you sent. It will build additional facilities, which will be dedicated to ghosts, I'm told, um, and will be able to ha- house many, many more animals. And we're, I don't know, if not, we're certainly the largest county, county in Nevada and second and third largest or something in the whole country. It's a big county. So they've got a lot of responsibility and a lot of animals, and they're really overloaded, and it really means a lot. And I guess I don't have to tell you what it means, when they can ha- house an animal instead of, as opposed to the alternative. So the donations that you all sent um, really are going to a, an extremely good cause, and, again, I want to say thank you. That is the story. <laughs> Wild card Line, you're on the air. Hello.
22: Yes, hello, Art Bell. Hi. I have a couple tidbits here. I'll make them as quick as possible, but let me just say as regards personages that you feel quote something doesn't feel quite right about them it has nothing to do with physical characteristics if a person is sensitive to it when people when you see their presence either in person or on television they send out a vibration and if you are sensitive to that that's what you are feeling now as to the tidbits, that past Sunday I yeah, I, I,
1: I, just before you continue uh, even though I was not much in agreement with Pat Buchanan this last weekend I like him a whole lot more Pat Buchanan comes across as a sincere person who believes in what he's saying and not afraid to say what he says, that I'm in disagreement with it. That that aside, I'm comfortable with Pat Buchanan.
22: That's the good. If you feel comfortable with people, that's part of the sign. Uh, This past Sunday, I will not mention any names, but there's a very well-known news analyst who was on radio and being interviewed. Yes. And the host was asking him um, what he thought would be the outcome of uh, Bosnia and so forth. And this fellow, who's very famous, said, I'm not sure yet uh, what policy the Clintons will adopt. Now, I I happened to have taped that show, so I know I wasn't uh, in the twilight zone. And he uh, is too well-versed. He's been around for quite a few years. He would have said the Clinton administration. He said the Clintons, as in two presidents, and I thought it was very interesting. No, no. Maybe we should listen to that again. The final thing is this. You you talk often about the quickening. Yes. If you can handle a quickening with a capital Q, I'm going to make a possible... uh, quick thing that may happen much faster than people realize, and it will not emanate from Mother Nature. I'm talking about within the next nine days, because after all, we can't have our minds trained on whitewater and Waco hearings to be thinking about all that dreary stuff, so surely something else will have to supersede it if you get my drift.
1: Well, I do, and if I had to guess, it would be an emergency operation. First, with jet aircraft over Bosnia, taking out, identifying, and taking out anti uh, aircraft positions, followed by the Chinooks and Blackhawks and Apaches and a lot of European troops and a lot of military occurrences in Bosnia. Could that occur uh, concurrent with the hearings? Yes, it could if they pushed it. It seems a lot to get going. But certainly it could is it
19: likely to occur
1: yes is it a diversion well yeah you could view it that way is it time to be a diversion if it occurs this week then possibly I don't know Um, these accusations and allegations about diversion are made all the time and, uh, who am I to say that some of them are not so? Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hi.
23: Hey, how are you doing tonight?
1: Just fine.
23: This is good old Nomad from Beaverton, Oregon.
1: Nomad from Beaverton. How are you doing?
23: All right. By the way, I hate that phone company. I thought I should tell you that.
1: Well, uh, you should hate the phone company.
23: You know, i I got cut off. I got cut off twice,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and
23: I remember about a couple of weeks ago. You you hit the button. You said the wild card line, and it cut me right off. Huh. I was really mad.
1: Well, you know, I just don't know what to tell you about that. I I made my best shot with the phone company. They won't change. it. My name's Bell. It doesn't matter. They don't <laughs> care. So. What can I tell you, sir?
23: Uh, well, I have something for the listeners out there or even for you. This is really confusing because I don't even know what it is. My uh 5-year-old brother suffers from some this really weird thing. He'll he'll get up at night sometimes. Yep. And he'll be it's kind of like sleepwalking.
1: My sister sleepwalked.
23: Mhm. But the thing with him is he runs around screaming. Oh. But he doesn't I mean, he doesn't know who we are, though. You I know, you know he look at us right in the face, and he say, "Where's my mom?" You know, he'll be, my mom will be holding him, and he'll be just looking right at the, you know, right at her face, and he'll be like, "Where's my mom? I want my mom." And mm. it, it's it's really freaky.
1: You familiar with the word possession? uh Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that's it.
23: <laughs> and, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea either. Because uh, yeah, we did take him to a couple of a few doctors, and they said. Uh, we don't know. Uh, he might grow out of it. So.
1: Yeah, right. That's what they say when they have no idea what it is.
23: Yeah, they, that's exactly what they, they said. He, he might grow out of it. Well, well he might. <laughs> might, yeah.
1: Or it might take over completely.
23: Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see that day, actually. <laughs>
1: I, I do understand. Thank you very much. Oh, boy, that's weird. My sister uh, was a sleepwalker, and it, it is eerie. I mean, she would get up in the middle of the night and just wander off or wander around the house like like a ghost in the night and maybe go into a closet and just stand there and it's really weird really freaky and what he just described is also very weird time to get the priest uh east of the Rockies you're on the air hello
12: turn on the turn on the radio hi um art we have a you're gonna have we have a good question for your guest
8: uh yes
12: um have you heard the theory that at least one explanation for those photographs that there is a, a disease what is it called what's the name of the disease Pateau. Pateau syndrome have you heard that p a t a u uh,
1: vaguely uh which does what?
12: okay there's there i i have a short article, on i'll fax it to you but it but this guy goes through point by point and explains how this syndrome can cause the exact uh, genetic effects on a human that are depicted in those photographs.
1: You, uh, you mean six digits, uh, for example, on, six digits? On, on both hands and right. both six feet? Digits. What I have heard, sir, is that six digits are indeed possible, but usually one hand at the most, or one foot, uh, not on both hands and both feet, right. for starters. The eyes and the head, and I've got a report here from a pathologist who thinks the brain, and he got to see the brain in the clip, was distinctly non-human. The eyes and the ears seem disproportionate. The belly distended. Uh, there are so many things about this body right. that it does, have you seen the photographs? Yeah,
12: I've, we've got the photographs, and, this, and we have this short little article, and it goes through point by point, and yeah, you're right. But it does also explain that each one of those things, each one of those distortions of that body um, can be explained at least through this extremely rare genetic disorder mm-hmm. that can cause um, widened eyes that are twice the size of a human, normal human's eyes. Um, it's fairly well documented. And if we don't have your fax number, and we'd love to just fax it to you. Maybe you could look it over. Before
1: I'll give you my fax number. It's three
12: pages okay um, I'm you know we're we're interested in this too. We're just thinking that this might I'd like to hear the guest um, I'm sure he's been confronted with some of this maybe he has a certain opinion about it maybe so. okay all right thank you Thank you very much for the call. I would say the
1: odds along with the pathology report that I've got here, um, that the odds of this creature, in my opinion, being human are slim and none. I don't think it is a human. Now, maybe some of the rest of you that have seen the uh, photographs would like to comment. I know that by now many hundreds of you have seen them. What's going on here is that about an hour ago, about an hour ago, I talked to Ray Santilli in London, and I am going over the next half hour to try to get hold of Ray Santilli. I may be able to do it in the break coming up. Who knows? Maybe not. At any rate, we're going to try to get a hold of him and uh, talk to him about this incredible film. I mean, it is nothing short of incredible, and the stills from it are as well. So um, that's what we'll do, and uh, I believe in going straight to the horse's mouth. And in this case, the horse is Ray Santilli. <laughs> so we'll try to uh, pick up a phone line here if I can get one and uh, direct dial London and get Ray on the phone. It should be an interesting exercise. So if you've been concerned with and following the story of the amazing Roswell footage, stand by to stand by. No guarantees, but we'll give it a shot. Maybe, maybe, from London, Ray Santilli, coming up next.
0: You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from July 17, 1995. Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from July seventeenth, 1995. We're
1: now going to London, England, and um, yes, we've got him. I do believe we've got him. His name is Ray Santilli. He's the uh, man who possesses, has come into possession of the incredible Roswell... Footage. We believe it's a Ros. Ray, are you there?
24: Yes, I am. Hello.
1: Uh, hi, Ray. First of hi. all, on such short notice, thank you so much for coming on the air.
24: It's a pleasure. Uh,
1: Ray, America right now is absolutely adrift in myth and rumor, and um, it's going crazy over here about what you've got. We've heard every rumor in the world that uh, it's going to be aired by uh, Channel 4 in London, that you are dealing with a Fox network. Um, What's going
25: on?
24: Um, Well, most of that is correct. We have um, approximately 30 minutes of uh, viewable, uh, good quality footage, um, which we believe is quite sensational. And um, that footage will be um, transmitted worldwide on the 28th of August, approximately, in each territory.
1: Okay, it's my understanding that you have promised the camera person, the person who took this uh, film, anonymity, is that correct?
24: Yeah. Um, it was uh, a situation where uh, we could only acquire the film uh, by agreeing to certain terms and conditions. and you know as much as you know i understand the front the frustration of uh, many people that uh, have a love for the subject uh, you know obviously they they want to know who the cameraman is and they want to know you know exactly uh, his details and and so forth it's uh, it's very difficult when you know the agreement we reached with him was uh, to really respect and guarantee his privacy
8: um all right
1: well we, what we we did we heard that he was about or in his 80s yes he is and Uh, Maybe you can tell me this without uh, giving away his identity, Ray. What was his motivation in getting the film out now? I mean, is it because he's older and he wants the story out or what?
24: No, I don't think he really cares too much about the story. I mean, uh, we found him by accident in 1993. And uh, we originally met him and, and discussed a completely different subject with him because uh, um, this guy had spent his life as a, as a freelance cameraman after he'd left the, uh, the military. And we purchased some other footage from him, um, which was strictly on a cash basis.
1: I heard um, you were originally after uh, some Elvis Presley uh, early footage or something and then stumbled into this. Is that correct?
24: Yeah. Well, firstly, I mean, what happened was that uh, we were doing a, a documentary uh, based on. You know the early movement of of rock and roll and the influences that it had and uh, on society and, and what concern there was um, in America about you know, rock and, the damage rock and roll was was doing to the to the youth of the day. And um, we purchased some footage from a guy that was a freelance cameraman in '55, and uh, you know he shot some relevant footage. And um, you know when we bought the footage from him, he he then explained that prior to '52 he worked in the military, and then he relayed the story of Roswell. I mean, at the time we didn't have a clue what Roswell was all about, but you know when someone says to you that they've got an alien autopsy, even if you think it's ridiculous, you you know want to go and have a look at it, which is what we did. You bet. Yeah, and uh, you know it's a remarkable piece of film, it, and. So we went through the various uh, verification processes that were available to us, and we've landed up where we are now with the film.
8: Well, um,
1: all right, let me ask you a couple of big questions about film that everybody's asking. Yeah. Um, First of all, um, it was, you know, somehow the pictures got out onto the Internet uh, worldwide, a few of the still photographs, and people said, "Uh aha, look at that curly phone cord. Well, they didn't have a curly phone cord. Uh, in 1945, but that's not true, is it? They did.
24: Yeah, I mean, when the uh, when the stills w- were first released, there was a great deal of fuss about the uh, uh, about the telephone that was in the uh, the picture, and then I think someone traced the call down to 1939. Um, You know, there was uh, the the things. The things about this film that seems to have bothered most people is firstly that the creatures are all female. That seems to have upset quite a few people.
18: I wonder why.
24: God knows. The other the other reason is that um, you know these creatures are quite muscly, and you know people have got this. Perceived idea of what an ET or an alien should look like, and yes. you know this doesn't comply. Yes. Uh, and uh, not only that, all the creatures that were recovered were female. Um, uh, you know, they were as I said before, they were quite muscly, and you know, it's just a, it's just a, it's a strange curiosity. I mean, that's the only way you can really describe the uh, the film. Um,
1: well, let me tell you this, Ray, um, and maybe it hit you the same way. I, I guess you have not been, you're not a ufologist, you've not that, been following this kind of thing at I've all. I've
24: never seen a UFO or a ghost in my life.
1: <laughs> so, um, when I first saw the stills, uh, Ray, I was uh, shocked, and I was, I guess I was very impressed, because, frankly, it is my idea You know, you hear of the little greys and you hear of the the light people and the big beings and the Nordics and all the rest of it. And this is sort of almost human, but to me, obviously not human. And I thought it was all the more impressive because of that.
24: Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting thing because, you know, you look at these creatures and they're obviously very, very muscling. I mean, they've got very well-developed muscle tone. And, uh, you know, if these creatures are out there... Um, abducting people or whatever, you'd understand why people wouldn't be able to move once they were in the grip of one of these people. I mean, it's it's just a very curious-looking creature. Um, I I, I, I don't know. I mean, there are many descriptions about what what these creatures should look like, and I just don't know where this sits amongst them all because I'm not an expert on the subject. It just is a a very strange piece of film.
1: All right. What about the clock in the the, uh, film? There were questions, I believe, about the clock as well.
24: Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, I can't, I'm not an expert on clocks or, or telephones. The only thing I can tell you is that, that you know, the footage comes from 1947, as far as, we, as far as we're aware, and therefore everything on it has to be 1947. You know, you know, people say to say to me, well, you know, do we think the film is a hoax? and uh, the only thing I can say is that when we first got this footage and, uh, and first acquired it here in January of this year, you know, we could have sold it a hundred times over, and taken some money and walked away uh, in January, and with, with no further commitment at all. The only reason that we still have the film and that we're working with the film is is, is just a, sh- a show of uh, of our confidence in the fact that it's genuine, and you know, we will work with it because hopefully we will have something that will last a good few years and that will be of benefit to everyone.
1: Well, I would. listen, Ray, I also want to say to you that yeah. I don't blame you a bit. If I had film like that, you're not a ufologist. Your life right. is not uh, devoted to trying to prove or disprove this Absolutely one way or the other. Yeah. And I don't blame you. I mean, if you can make some dollars from this, you paid dollars well, for it. There's nothing wrong with that.
24: No, I mean, you know, there are a couple of things. Firstly, I mean, there are elements of, of the UFO community that are very upset that, that, you know, that we have the film because we're a commercial organization. Well, you know, we haven't spent, you know, years in the library or, or you know going through various books and researching the subjects and you know so I can understand that you know that us having the film is, is probably not the ideal situation for them but you know if we hadn't been a commercial company we wouldn't have found it in the first place
8: that's right you know,
24: we only stumbled across this guy because of um, you know, the commercial field that we're in
18: um I've got a
1: report here from uh, doctor uh, Milroy
24: Yes he was the he's the home office pathologist that uh, um that works here in the u k he's a senior sort of forensic pathologist he, he's involved in uh, conducting autopsies and so forth for the police and you know for you know, various high high profile type of cases
1: and while he did complain about uh some blurriness in the film at and a couple of points he said the the brain uh, that mm-hmm. was exposed looked to him. Uh, well, his words, however, he says, the appearances were not those of a
19: human brain.
24: That's right. There, there are many things about the creature that, that are strange you know it's not just the brain you know you have to remember that, that, that Dr. Dr. Milroy is a, is, is a professional and he's an academic you know you can't expect these people to go as far as saying you know, this is an alien creature because you know their reputation is at stake they go as far as they can now, that report although he doesn't say this creature is an ET or an alien you know he's gone as far as he professionally can Yes, and it doesn't help you know if, if, because what's been happening um, in, in each instance Every time we you know we we bring in these professionals to, to look at it, and they'll give their best opinion. They're generally driven mad by by some of the UFO community afterwards, and they find themselves having to step backwards from you know what the position they would probably like to take. <laughs>
8: but,
24: but you know I understand that you know it's a heated subject. It is it is highly controversial, but. You know, Kodak have uh, come back to us and they've said that, as far as they're concerned, the film is manufactured in 1927, 47, or 67. Unfortunately, they they oh. repeated the code cycles every 20 years, but you know that's as close as they can get. And uh, you know, we're doing a chemical analysis on on one frame to you know to pinpoint the year. But
1: okay, uh, okay, that's very important. Now, I had not heard that before. Kodak has now come back and said the film was manufactured in. Twenty-seven forty-seven or
24: 60 yeah so i released an official press statement um three days ago because or four days ago because they've analyzed the film uh, both in hollywood in london and in um uh, europe oh. and they've um uh, they've come up with the film was manufactured in 1927 47 or 67. unfortunately they use the same code sequence every 20 years which meant that um, mm. even they were unable using you know the the, the regular technology to hand to, to date the film exactly so um, what they've uh, what we've now done is there's, there's apparently another test uh, which is a chemical test which uh, involves the destruction of one frame so that's going that, that will be attempted next and uh, hopefully we'll be able to pinpoint the year exactly
8: Ooh,
1: well, you're taking all the right steps, then. That's well, we, for sure. We've
24: tried our best to keep it out of the tabloids. We've, we, we've we've tried to keep a lid on the story as much as possible, and you know, we are in control of every fr- every slide, every piece of footage that's out there. So, um, hopefully, over the next few weeks, we can uh, um, we can get where we want to be with the film, you know, before we release it to the public.
1: Well, in a way, I guess the the stills that got out were unauthorized by They were
24: unauthorized. They were stolen and scanned off the TV in France, in most instances, and then they wing their way around the world on our wonderful Internet.
1: Internet, yes, of course. And so the lucky people with computers get a a look. But I guess all told, Ray, it's not that bad because they're a wonderful tease for what's really coming.
2: Yeah. And,
1: uh, again, I would like, if I could, I've got a little newsletter that we publish uh, for the network, and I'd like permission from you to publish publish those stills only uh, would that be all right
24: um, I, I just need to know what those stills are so um, because there are only five um, official stills that have been released
1: those are the ones
24: yeah well I'm sure it's okay
1: oh uh, thank you yeah um,
24: and I well, w- uh, where would where, where, where they be published
1: oh in our I, I have a little art bell um, after dark newsletter and, um,
24: Okay. Uh, strictly for that, that's fine. Strictly it, for it, that. But, but not for the Nationals or any publication. Y- correct. Yeah, that's fine.
1: I, I appreciate that. How yeah. about taking a couple of calls? Uh. Yeah, okay. All right. Let's, uh. Let's do it. Um. Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Ray Santilli in London. Hello.
16: Excuse me?
1: You're on uh, the air with Ray Santilli in London, sir. Where are you calling from? Uh, hello?
16: hello. Hello. Let me turn my radio down.
1: Turn it off, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, you're on the air with Ray Santilli in London.
16: Hello, Art Bell. Yes. Uh, hello, Ray. Miss Hi. Uh, has anybody uh, asked you about
18: uh, <clears throat> about uh, Mr. Stan Friedman, who's a very dogged uh, investigator on this case, but doesn't seem to have any uh, doesn't seem to have any knowledge of these uh, of these films? All
1: and right, you... it is a good question. Where are you, please?
18: I'm in uh, Texas.
1: Texas. All right, um, Ray. What about that? Um, Stanton Friedman, uh, the physicist, uh, has been looking into this for a long time. Have you had any contact with him at all?
24: Yeah, we have had contact with Stanton. Uh, Stanton first approached us um, when news of footage became public. and um, uh, We we have a situation where uh, we have purposely, um, if you like, uh, kept the footage away from um, the UFO community, because of the problems in uh, the problems that we've experienced in, in terms of, you know, tapes being copied and the, the internal arguments that go on in the UFO community. Yes. And, you know, you find one division of the UFO community are always fighting with, you know, with another division. And we thought that, that as far as our process is concerned, it would be better to bring in independent um, verification, people that, that are not interested in UFOs, people that are not interested in or, or have any sort of biased opinion on, on the subject of UFOs. So what? We did for the for the for the pro, for the purpose of verification. Um, we have really gone to, um, as I said, outside independent sources, um, and that includes doctors, film experts, and so forth. So. There's a great many people in the UFO community that have not seen the footage. Um, However, we did have one screening in London on the 5th of May at the Museum of London for any um, UFO um, uh, uh, interested party that, that, that would like to come down.
1: What what amazed me, Ray, when I got the first reports, I talked to some people who went to that screening, and they were very much in doubt, and they were talking about the curly phone cord and all the rest of it. And then I got to see the stills, and I felt exactly the opposite. I thought, "Damn, this is the best stuff I've ever seen."
24: Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, people should be skeptical when they first see the film because you know it is quite an incredible piece of film. And it just needs further investigation. It, uh, it would be foolish for anyone to look at that footage and say, "Really, this is the real thing. This is definitely an ET." You know, it's just it's uh, it's such an incredible subject that it just needs to be thrown into the public domain, and then people need to investigate it and decide for themselves. All right. Um, I, you know, fortunately, I have the advantage of dealing with the with the guy that shot it. So, you know, the information I have is first hand. However, the information most other people get is second hand.
1: Um, east of the Rockies, you're on the air with Ray Santilli in London. Hi.
24: Morning, Miss Bell. Smart Mark from Oklahoma City.
1: Oklahoma City, yes. Sir.
19: Uh, the question I would have is in one of the still frames, it appears that one of the examiners is wearing a latex glove. Were latex gloves around in that time period?
24: Um, you've got more information than any of us have got. I mean, I don't think that um, anybody here has pinpointed um, the, the fabric of uh, uh, of um, either the costumes or, or uniforms that are being worn, or, or of any of the other materials that are there. So,
8: yeah, um, how,
24: and, uh, and, me, and, how, how you would be able to determine um, right. latex glove from um, you know an, inter- uh, um, an internet third or fourth generation picture? I've got no idea. Especially when we have the film, I can't determine that. All right. I'm right. I, I, just saying that it appears that he's wearing some sort yeah. of... Dress. Yeah, I, mean, I really have no answer to that. And, um, it's I, a
1: very I, good point. I don't yeah. see how you could determine the material either. I've
24: yeah, I mean, I mean, that's an incredible observation. And, you know, if, if if you have noticed something that we haven't, then, you know, that's, that's very interesting.
1: All right. Uh, thank you very much. West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Ray Santilli in London. Hi. Hi. Uh, yes.
24: Um...
1: Where are you, sir?
16: I'm uh, Eugene Oregon. Okay, you're
1: going to have to speak up good and loud. You're hard to hear. Eugene Oregon. Yes, go, Eugene go ahead.
18: Oregon. Go ahead. And uh, yes, I wanted to uh, ask if uh, uh, he's made any contact with, uh, you know, uh, sightings or encounters, though, because there's millions of people in America would love to see these films.
1: That's a good point. Um, but what about those kinds of programs, Ray?
24: Um, I'm actually unaware of... Um, um, Sightings, as such. Uh, however, I think the, it's the producer of the Encounters program that, um, that, that's making the special for Fox.
1: Aha! Uh-huh. All right, and that that again will air August eighth. Is that correct?
24: Twenty uh, eighth.
1: Twenty eighth. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, stay there, Ray. We'll be right back to you. Back now to Ray Santelli in London. Uh, Ray, Hi. It, it, do you feel in a strange position that here you are, um, somebody who's never had anything to do with UFOs or ufology, and yet you may turn out to be the man uh, who came up with the smoking gun? <laughs>
24: um, I don't know, it's an interesting um, scenario. but. Uh, um it's very hard because, you know, I, as, as mentioned earlier, I have no particular love for the subject of UFOs or all the paranormal. Um, and uh, you, we are a commercial company, so we're in it for commercial reasons. However, if you know something comes from it that, 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 and it, and it benefits, you know, the UFO community or, or people in general somehow, then fine. However. You know, there's also the other argument of saying that the footage could be so controversial that it causes nothing but more infighting and and and, uh, and dispute amongst the you know people in various religions. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, it's too deep a subject for me to have an opinion on. I'm afraid.
19: How's it affected you?
24: Now, Um, it's uh, it's, uh, unfortunately made our life a lot more complicated um, (laughs) because it means that um, we have to, uh, we're spending a great deal of time on it. However, um, you know, uh, let's not kid anyone here because uh, it has a a significant value and, uh, and so that's the business that we're in.
1: Yes, and I, I, as I say, I, I don't blame you a bit. I can't imagine uh, you would handle it uh, any differently. Very quickly, west of the Rockies, you're on with Ray Santilli. In London, where are you, please? Honolulu. Honolulu, Hawaii. Yes, sir.
6: Yes, yeah, I was just curious, Um, when were these photos
1: um,
24: first originated to you?
1: When well, You mean when did Ray Santilli get them? Yes. Okay, that's first, a good
24: question. Uh, I first saw them in um, the summer of 1993. Um, at the house of the cameraman um and due to various problems uh we didn't we didn 't physically acquire them until um december january uh, or december last year january this year-
8: mm-hmm. okay
1: uh so you 've had them uh you 've had them for a while
24: we've had them since we physically had them since january
1: and um did you debate how you were going to handle this? I mean, you must have spent a lot of nights wondering how to do this.
24: Yes, uh, we, we brought in a good team of people. You know, I, because I'm not an expert in certain subjects, we, the best way to handle anything is always to, to hire in the experts. And so uh, the, you know, the marketing um, and the, uh, the entire campaign was uh, constructed by, you know, the, the professionals that we have brought in, uh, you know, to, to do it for us.
1: Ray Santilli, I know you're busy, very busy, and I appreciate your taking the time out to no talk problem. to us. Thank okay. you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. You take care. That's Ray Santilli in London, England. And there you've got it. I told you we've talked to him and we have. Oh, we'll be back here in a few moments. Uh, God, that was interesting, wasn't
0: it? You're listening to Ark Bell somewhere in time, tonight featuring a replay of Coast to Coast AM from july seventeenth. 1995. Works presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight's program originally aired July 17th, 1995.
1: That was Ray Santilli in London. God, we had a great connection. And uh, so there you are. Get ready. We're going to publish those photographs in our next newsletter. I'll probably be sending them to the publisher later today. Wow. So, if you don't have our newsletter yet, this would be a real good time. If you've already seen the photographs, I would very much like to hear from you and hear your opinion on them. And, again, I find Ray Zantilli's reaction uh, to what he's got to be totally normal, um, probably uh, irritating the UFO community, who, uh, for the most part, are dedicated to their cause and they're purists. And I'm sure they think Ray should be giving this film out to prove what the UFO community has wanted to prove for so long with regard to Roswell. And I understand their reaction, but I also understand his. Wildcard line, you're on the air.
26: Hi, Art. It's a good show on the uh, guy from England. But I want to talk about Bosnia for a minute, if I may. Yes,
1: like. you may. Go right ahead.
26: You know, I think that this is no accident what is happening, and I'll tell you why my conversation with people in europe is privately they don't want a Muslim state in europe in europe and i think they're gonna it's not going to be the serbs that finish off the moslem it's going to be the winner coming up and i think that uh...
8: Well, that's a
1: good it's point. being
26: done by design i think it's wrong as hell and i uh... Well, I think,
1: you can say that of all war
26: and i think the united nations they can say well it was the united nations they can't blame it on any one country and then when they start starving to death this winter, they can say, oh, gee, isn't that a shame? But I think it's done on purpose, and Warren Christopher is doing exactly what he's told to do.
8: Well,
1: I agree with that. Yes, sir. I thank you. I agree with that. Of course he is. Warren Christopher is echoing exactly uh, what the White House wants him to echo. He's very good at that. And right now, the White House doesn't want anything radical to occur. They don't want uh, 25,000 troops to have to go in and rescue the U.N. They sure as hell don't want 500,000 troops to have to fight the uh, Serbs. All of that would be very bad. So what can they do? Well, they can maintain the status quo, and that's exactly what they're going to do, by putting in additional troops, trying to protect Sarajevo, Sarajevo, and any other, quote, safe area, end quote, that remains. In other words, drag it out. Wildcard Line, you're on the air.
21: Hi, all
1: right. uh, this is Sue. Hi, Sue.
21: I I, I just missed the interview, the tail end. Uh, is there any chance you're going to replay it?
1: Uh, there is a chance, and um, I think what I may do is replay the interview uh, tomorrow in the first three hours of the program.
21: It was a three-hour interview? No, 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 no. Oh, somewhere I said, in the
1: I, I said I may replay the interview somewhere in the first three hours of the program uh-huh. tomorrow night.
21: And um, you know, I couldn't get t- uh, number two on the photo. I tried that twice, and it it cut out. And then on number five, we we downloaded it two times, and it was each time. You know, it said that it wouldn't um, not readable uh, file. It just was all mumble jumble. It was all the letters of the picture, but it didn't come out in the, well, you
1: know, that, the picture. That, right. That means. Uh, what protocol were you using? <laughs>
21: What protocol?
1: You don't know, Sue. my
21: what do you uh, say? One protocol.
1: Uh, Z modem.
21: I think something, yeah, or X. X modem. I think.
1: Uh huh. Well, um, what it means is that um, it did not complete, and if it does not complete, then your uh, your JIF file reader can't read it. So somehow it didn't complete.
21: Uh, and that could be static on the line or anything like that, right? Yeah, I, sure. No sure. one's had any. It, it's they're downloadable. They're just, just Anyway, you, with...
1: you've seen. I take it one of them.
21: Oh, I saw three of them. Three and of I them. mean, I think it's the real. You know, I didn't hear the I interview. Do too. I, interview. I do too.
1: I I agree with you, uh, and that is your assessment. They're real. Oh yeah. Yeah. I
21: mean, it's unbelievable.
1: I know. Thank Thank you very much. See, that's that's a universal reaction. It's really, really interesting. Because the ufology community, the people deeply into this now for years, uh, originally seemed to be very much in doubt, Thought, oh, no, it's a fake. Uh, because these creatures did not seem to fit into the uh, uh, the category that they had in mind. You know, the grays. Why isn't it a gray? Why isn't it a creature of light or a Nordic or one of the many, many that have been talked about? And it seemed, and, and so their reaction was predictable. But when I saw the photos, I went, holy smokes. Actually, that's not quite what I said, but you get the idea. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi.
3: Hi. Uh, this is Kip from Decatur, Alabama.
1: Yes, sir. How are you
3: doing? Oh, not bad. Uh, well, I've got a couple of things to say. First of all, we do not get dreamland on Sunday. I'm sorry. And I'd really like to you know, catch it one
1: of these days. Well, uh, you listen to a station there in Decatur?
3: Yeah, WVNN.
1: Well, give them a call and ask them nicely to carry it.
3: Well, I did last night, and they said that that's what they receive. So, I
1: don't... I don't don't, don't understand. Would you turn your radio off, please? uh, Yeah,
3: hold on one second. All right.
1: um, Remember to do that. Have it close to the phone so you can extinguish it immediately when you get on the air. All right. That must be some ways away, so it's going to take them a second to get back. That's thing to have it right by your telephone. Um, All right. I'm okay.
14: Um, back,
1: it yeah. is available, sir, on satellite. So um, it, it may be they've got conflicting programming, and uh, they can receive it and then play it back at a different time if they would like.
3: All right. Now, what I called to ask you about... Is I was listening to another program this morning. Oh no. And uh well, you you just went off the <laughs> air. I understand, yeah. And uh they said that there were some new files coming out on the Whitewater incident. Well,
1: the Whitewater hearings are going to begin today. Today? Yes.
3: Alright, well they said that there were some new files coming out and I believe we remember hearing someone say that all the files had been turned over whenever, you know, it first broke. Mm. And uh I was just wondering where these new files were coming from.
1: Well, one of the big questions that they're going to ask today, and we're going to see how well it's dealt with, is when Vince Foster committed suicide, yeah, question right. mark, um, the White House had people over there going through his office.
3: Yeah. And
1: they have never properly answered what documents were removed. Yeah. All right. I don't know what makes them think they're going to get good answers today, but maybe they do have new files. Maybe there are some surprises. We shall see.
3: Well, it's it's about like the Waco incident and Ruby Reid. so...
1: Well, that'll be beginning Wednesday. It's going to be a very rough week for the administration, believe me.
3: Yeah, but you'll never find out the the truth about what happened, so...
8: I hope you're wrong.
3: Oh, I hope I am, too. I definitely do, because, you know, if I'm not, that means this country's... Headed in a sad, sad direction.
8: Thank
1: you, sir. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi.
27: Hey, Art, I want to talk to you about your. Uh, you're saying that uh, we should arm the Bosnians. I yes, believe sir. that. Uh, really, Bosnia doesn't exist anymore. It's just a couple of safe areas there.
1: That's about and, all that's left. It's and, true.
27: And, and if we say, all right, we're going to arm the uh, the, uh, the Muslims, Serbia or uh, what's left of uh, the Belgrade type area around there has ten million Serbians.
8: Mm-hmm.
27: I mean, I, I, there's no way that we could get the uh, military supplies in there in time for them to stop the uh, regular Serbian army. Well, that
1: may well be true now. Uh, it may be too late. I I do uh, tend to agree with that. But, but so you know, so Art- then so then what, sir?
27: Well, I suggest, are that we use uh, a different approach. For example, the uh, Serbians are destroying the capital of the Bosnia and where Every day they lob in artillery. And we could say, unilaterally, in one day, with 12 Tomahawk missiles, we can take out the electricity and mm-hmm. uh, the sewage and the water of mm-hmm. Belgrade. That's true. And we could just tell them, you know, matter of fact, we could tell them you have 48 hours to withdraw or, uh, you know, this is going to happen. You either leave Belgrade or you leave uh, Bosnia. But, well,
18: uh, I, I,
1: you know, I do agree with that. I uh, Thank you. I agree with that, sir. Uh, I went even a little further. Why do we have nuclear weapons? Can anybody answer that? We've got them now, of course, because Russia and China and uh, arguably Pakistan and maybe South Africa and others, Israel... Have them so we've got to have them for those reasons the arms have proliferated protection but you can't ever really use them Uh, not in a full exchange that would be the end of everything right with the Russians we exchange weapons Uh, the world would still be here I'm sure it would survive it we wouldn't we'd be poisoned and we would die some of us slowly and horribly so The answer is, you can't really use them. You can't really have World War III. And then, so then, what are they good for? Maybe they're good for a situation like we've got in front of us. Now, presently, I see it as a civil war. The UN is useless, should be pulled out at some expense, no doubt. Then we ought to be out of the UN as far as I'm concerned. Uh, However, the Serbs are then likely to continue. Greece, Turkey, who knows what ultimate ambitions the Serbs have. The minute they cross the border, I think then you've got, arguably, a use for a nuclear device. And you say, now listen here. Either you're back across the border, within your borders, uh, by such and such time, on such and such a date, uh, or else. And we would have to mean it. Now, a likely target for a device like that, I don't know. Uh, Military, isolated, a demonstration that we mean it, whatever. There's a great likelihood that, uh, well, many people will recall, this is how the First World War began. Same area, same basic problem. And... That would be a use for a nuclear device. The alternative, sending in about 500,000 or more American troops to actually fight the Serbs. There'd be a lot of dead. A lot of dead. That'd go on for a long time. That'd be another Vietnam. Before I would do that as president, I would authorize such a threat. And yes, I would mean it. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning.
6: Good morning, Art.
1: Yes, sir. Where are you?
26: WOMI out of Owensboro, Kentucky. Yes, sir. Um, I'm unable to hear your program because they have another program on right now, but I have a real short question. Uh, The C-SPAN, they're going to delay it. Do you know of any way of how I could get in contact with them people? Or have you heard anything about that?
1: Well, I would urge everybody to call C-SPAN and... um and urge that these hearings not be delayed but broadcast live. And I I cannot imagine why they're deciding to uh, delay them.
2: Right.
26: Uh, Well, that was my concern about it. Earlier on another radio talk show, they
1: had said something about
26: a number two C-SPAN to call to voice my opinion about the Waco hearings being delayed.
1: C-SPAN two would be the U.S. Senate. uh, Okay. And so, yes, call them alrighty well thank you very much Enjoy your program take care sir Uh, by all means why do you suppose they want to delay the hearings is it so well it's it's an obvious uh, answer isn't it so they could uh, do something with the content you would hate to think something like that would happen but why would C-SPAN which Exists to allow the American public to see what's going on in Congress, not broadcast live, one of the items of great interest to the American public. Good question. First time caller line, you're on the
8: air.
28: Yeah, ours is Steve, KPNW Country. Yes. Um, I had a couple of questions. The first one I wanted to clear up. Didn't you interview uh, somebody, uh, a producer of the uh, Roswell movie?
1: I did, yes.
28: Didn't he say that these films or something were from that movie?
1: Uh, no, sir. That was an earlier photograph.
28: All oh, those earlier stuff. Though. Oh uh,
1: yes, that's right. And um, I traced that one down very carefully, and and yes, had the uh, producer of Roswell, the movie, on the program. That is not what these photographs are.
28: Yeah, as I downloaded the second one, and it was kind of was it one with the leg kind of torn up. Yep. Kind of eerie. It reminded me though of. Uh Mannequins are usually used in a CPR course, I took.
1: Well, I'll tell you, most uh, dead bodies, human or otherwise, look like mannequins.
28: Yeah, they're kind of bloated. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because of the computer situation I have, is there, do you know the Internet address of where I can get the rest of them?
1: I'm sorry, I don't. Oh, okay. I know uh, you can probably uh, go onto the web yeah. and, and do a search for Roswell and go right to it. Oh,
28: that's okay. Okay. The um, so this Foster thing. Yes. Um did you hear about the uh the secret service has uh, some papers saying they found him in a car with a gun?
1: No, I had not heard you know that. that.
28: No that. No, sir. Apparently the nanny this is one I heard a long time ago. Um the nanny had first discovered Vince Foster in the car in the White House parking lot. And she proceeded to to phone um Arkansas.
1: Okay, I know nothing of that, uh, obviously. You Not know, the
28: Michael Reagan show, but anyway, he was saying today, what he's saying now is that they do have a document that says the, the Secret Service had seen, they found him in the car with the gun, and that the people that are being interviewed the witnesses right now that are going up there, are Secret Service agents.
1: Well, it's going to blow everything sky high, if that's true.
28: It's, it's kind of scary, yeah. All right. Uh, so anyway,
1: th- take care. Th- take care, thank you.
28: Now, I hesitate to believe
1: that only because uh, that would mean the Secret Service uh, lied or kept that information from all of the other inquiries that have gone before, and I find that um, a little difficult to believe. So, hmm. interesting. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi.
25: Hi, this is uh, Danny calling from Bakersfield. Yes, sir. And I wanted to comment on the um, Roswell photos on the Internet. Yes, sir. That I've seen. Well, I I didn't find them all that compelling. I think it's too tough to judge just by the pictures alone on whether they're a hoax or whether they're authentic. I think what um, will decide for me one way or the other is uh, when I see the actual um, film and what all the the uh, film has in it, whether it uh, has the uh, entire um, autopsy on it. And um, also, um, I'm not sure if I read it correctly on the net, but is there footage of um, the actual um, wreckage? Uh, no. Oh, there's not? not?
1: Not that I'm aware of, no.
25: Oh, I was under the impression that... Uh, no,
1: this was just the autopsy.
25: Oh, just the autopsy. hmm Oh, okay. Well, I, I would have to see that, but I think that just based on... Um, just just the pictures I've seen on the Internet, I mean, it's they may be authentic, they may be a hoax, but even if they are authentic, they're not compelling enough to change any skeptic's opinions on the subject. Well, that may be
1: so. Uh, it may be so, sir. Uh, I think these are the best I've ever seen.
25: Well, you know, the one that I really liked... And I, I felt like such an idiot for falling for it, but the devilfish.
8: nah <laughs> When
25: I when I first saw that, I was like, "Wow, this is great!" Yeah. And then I think I I, I read on the inter- internet on one of the Art Bell pages somebody who um, left a message saying, you know, hey, you know, I hate to burst your bubble, this is actually a devilfish. I got one just like it. I was like, "Oh, I can't believe I fell for that."
1: Well, there you are. That's I, I think that's what convinced me on these, and I'm pretty convinced. I'm. It's that this met my personal expectation of what an alien really might look like, more so than the little greys or all the traditional explanations of what aliens look like. I think that's why I'm interested.
25: Well, I I, I felt it was kind of I don't know anticlimactic. I guess I was I was hoping for something more A- just, alien, more alien. Yeah, I mean I I just thought that the 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 body itself looks. I mean it's it's. It's just like, uh, a, I mean, there's, I mean, pardon, but no genitalia, no nipples or anything like that. I mean, and <laughs> I mean they're aliens. Well, I, I,
1: I know, but all right, sir, thank you. Uh, but see, first of all, it's a female, so that was not obvious in the photograph. Uh, second of all, um, I would think you would find that compelling the other way around. Shouldn't there be nipples? Should the eyes be that large? They're nearly double size. No. The ear is that small. No. Um, six digits on each hand and each foot. I mean, give me a break. I found that I, my assessment of these photographs, is that. Well, I guess I guess that's what makes the world go round. Uh, everybody, it hits everybody a little differently. People in the UFO community, ufologists, had a certain expectation of what it should be. I think for those people, they've had a very hard time um uh accepting uh the this film and these stills. I have not. And I I, I don't know that I'm any more objective. Maybe I am a little more objective because I've always held myself a little bit out. You know, I'm not I'm not a total believer. I'm not a guy who says they are here, they're absolutely here, I know they are. I don't know that. But somehow in my mind, if they do exist, I always thought they might look just about like what I saw in that photo. We'll be back. You're
0: listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time on Premier Radio Networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from July 17, 1995. premier radio networks. Tonight, an encore presentation of Coast to Coast AM from July 17, 1995.
1: If you just happened to join us, too bad you missed a interview with Ray Santilli, who's got the Roswell, the alleged uh, Roswell film, an absolutely amazing film based on these stills that I have, and I weaseled permission, weaseled is the right word publish them in our newsletter, and by gosh, he gave permission. So, uh, expect those five photographs to publish in our next newsletter. I'll be uh, zinging them up to the publisher later today. Now, I've got something I'm going to read you here from the University of Sheffield, Department of Forensic Pathology, who saw and made a report on the film in just a moment. Right now, uh, east of the Rockies, you are on the air. Good morning. Where are you, please?
26: Well, I, I, I kind of told you wrong. I, I mean, I'm in uh,
1: Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. Well, All right. Uh, Memphis. Still, still east of the Rocky, though. Yeah, way east, yeah. Um, great. I, I mean, I, I,
26: uh, you're off the air here, so I'm flying blind again. And it it was great that you got the interview in before you went off the uh, Oh, good. So you
1: you were able to hear that in Memphis.
26: Yeah, it was great.
8: Excellent. I
1: I
26: appreciate the the fact that you got him on. Uh, What I was really calling about, though, is yesterday you you had your little uh, poll. Uh, Was that yesterday? I think it was yesterday, a poll about... um, whether pot or whether uh drugs should be legal. Oh, or not. that
1: was actually Friday night, Saturday morning and was that, that show fr- oh, that okay. show repeated just, yesterday. Yeah, it was a
26: repeat yesterday. Yeah, fine. Anyway, uh you know, uh when when people uh uh point out that it should be made legal because, you know, it, it, it would be less expensive, uh we wouldn't have to and we'd make money off of it from the revenues if we tax it and all that. They, they, they fail to realize the fact that we're going to end up uh, paying for all those people that go into hospitals uh, on drug overdoses and stuff like that.
1: Of course. Of course. Just uh, thank you. Uh, just the way we pay for, for example, $100 billion in lost productivity because of alcohol. Imagine if we were to add the drugs. No, that color is correct. All right. Listen to this. At the request of the Merlin Group, I, uh, by the way, this uh, what, you're, what I'm about to read to you comes from uh, uh, Dr. C.M. Milroy, senior lecturer in forensic pathology at the University of Sheffield, and he viewed the film from which the stills that are going to go into our newsletter come. At the request of the Merlin Group, I have reviewed a film which was claimed to show a post-mortem examination being carried out on an extraterrestrial being. The film was allegedly taken on a U.S. military base in 1947. The film is in black and white. A full record of the autopsy was not present, as apparently only some reels of the film record were available. No sound was present. The autopsy room was small. The examination was being conducted by people wearing full protective clothing. Besides the autopsy table, a tray of standard autopsy instruments. The body was human in appearance and appeared to be female but without secondary sexual characteristics. No breast development, no pubic hair visible. The head was disproportionately large. No head hair was present. The abdomen was distended. There was no evidence of decomposition. The overall external appearance was that of a white adolescent female estimated to be five feet tall, tending towards a heavy build, but not abnormally thin or fat. There were six digits to each hand and foot. The eyes appeared larger than normal and the globes were covered with a black material which was shown being removed. There was an extensive and deep injury to the right thigh. This was not shown in very close-up detail, but appeared to be burnt and charred down to deep tissue. No similar injury was present, though there was possible bruising down the left-hand side of the body. Overall, there was a general absence of injury. The body was opened with a Y-shaped incision, but the skin of the neck was not fully reflected. A close of the knife being drawn against the skin was not shown with blood coming from the skin. This appeared to be an unusual amount of blood. The neck appeared to contain two cylinder structures, uh, either side, anteriorly, whatever that means. These could have been muscles, but were odd in appearance, though they were not shown in close-up. The skin of the chest was shown reflected, and the central ribcage and sternum block removed. The chest was shown reflected, and central ribcage individually. There appeared to be some sort of heart, two lungs, uh, but when close-up shots of the organs were shown, they were always out of focus. The abdominal organs were not clearly seen, though it did not appear that the being was pregnant, an explanation that had been proposed for the distended abdomen. The scalp was shown being reflected anteriorly, having been cut in a standard autopsy manner. The skull was then shown being sawn i um, uh, sawn with a hand saw across the front of the skull. Through the backward cuts and removal of the skull cap were not shown. What appeared to be the membranes covering the brain, or dura, were shown being cut and removed. Though a close-up shot of the brain was shown again, it too was out of focus. However, the appearances were not those of a human brain. Overall, the appearances were those of a white adolescent female with a humanoid body. Uh, there were six digits, and he goes on and on and on. So um, that gives you some idea of what a pathologist uh, thought when he saw it. Now, clearly, that's not definitive. But clearly, it is suggestive, uh, or you would think as far as probably a rather intellectual Somewhat stuffy, um, not maybe an unfair characterization, but uh, uh, after all, uh, he is British at the University of Sheffield, right? Um, w- uh, you know, that's going pretty far, I thought. For and stuffy was unfair, but uh, uh, for somebody who is a mainstream professional, that was going quite a ways, I thought. West of the Rockies, you're on the air.
23: Hi, um, this is Tim from Seattle. Yes, um. I was you're talking about the six digits on those aliens. Um, I was wondering if you were aware that uh you've heard of you know, obviously David and Goliath.
8: Yes.
1: The
23: race, uh, that Goliath was from, had six digits.
1: So um, so the so the myth goes, yes.
23: Yeah, and um supposedly um you know, the origins of the race. The origin of the race was the Nephilim.
8: Right? Yes.
23: Yeah, so I thought that was interesting that um the six digits was what caught my attention most. Of I
1: see. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, view the photographs is what I would tell you. And uh, again, toward that end, I weaselled my way into being able to publish them. Obviously, he's not going to give permission to others, so I weaselled well, didn't I? Hmm. Anyway, they're going to be in our newsletter. Uh, and to get that, you can order our newsletter. And it's it's really fortunate timing, you know, because our newsletter uh, will just. Uh, uh they're requiring the photographs this week, and so i'll just be able to get them to them in time and we will uh publish all five uh the number to order our newsletter is one eight hundred nine one seven four two seven eight wild card line you're on the air
29: hello art uh yes i uh I finally got to talk to you because i've been trying for ten days <laughs> and uh i want to talk about a couple of things uh and bosnia. I heard you the other day talk about, uh, you know, call it the land war. And uh, it's funny how somebody called earlier and talked about, you know, uh, the, you know, it's about uh, getting Muslims out of Europe. And I was, I'm talking about the same thing, you know. I wanted to ask, you know, if there were Jews instead of Bosnians over there, how would the U.S. react to that war? And. Uh,
16: well, if there
1: were Jews instead of uh, uh, Muslims? Yes. I, um,
29: mean, I,
1: a... I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, the Jews, for the most part, have gone to Israel. So uh, if Israel were attacked, um, you can bet that we would be there.
29: Exactly. And also about Kuwait. Uh, know, but, but how... Wait a
1: minute, sir, but that doesn't mean anything, because uh, we're very close to Israel and the Israelis. Yes. And um, there was an uh, even bigger holocaust uh, that went on in Cambodia. Uh-huh. And we weren't there either, were we?
29: Exactly. That, well, that also, in a way, proves my point. I'm not racist and in my beliefs and my religion.
1: I know. You think we are.
29: Well, no. <laughs> Jew, Jewish uh, people are part of my religion, you know. Uh-huh. Uh I'm a Muslim. But uh, also, there's one thing that nobody can, you know, I mean, to, uh, in my opinion, nobody can deny that uh Jews do control this country and uh no they don't well in many ways yes <laughs> i mean
1: well look in in many ways yes i agree with that and uh, I, 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 also, I don't want to uh, interrupt uh, them,
8: well all right
1: thank but you. i'm
29: saying uh you know i remember what you said also the other day about them being hard-working people and that's one thing i always talk about you know uh, that, uh, that is, uh, well, that's, sir, that's because
18: true. that's one thing that's true. Exactly.
29: exactly. All right, well, but thank you. Then,
18: then, the then, all
1: right, sir, don't be so surprised uh, that Jews succeed in business or in government or in circles of power. Don't be surprised. It's the way of the world. It's the way of the world. Those who work achieve. And... um that uh, you know, you're gonna. I'm sure you're gonna say, Why well, that just makes me some sort of uh, a Zionist." In a, in a way, it does. I support Israel. I've always generally supported Israel. I admire their tenacity. I admire their productivity. I admire the body parts they display when they defend their country. I always have. don't I'm not an apologist for that the Jews are what they are they're very industrious very quick very productive very smart that's all I'm not I'm not a Jew I'm not of the faith I'm not I don't even know what faith I'm of I'm just an observer Here's an interesting story. The Federal Aviation Administration says the main radar system that tracks planes flying through six states in the Midwest failed for more than an hour on Monday night. An FAA spokesman said the failure forced air traffic controllers to use an older system says though safety was not compromised. He says the system failed at 6 45 p.m. Central and the backup kicked in immediately. There's been a lot of that going on lately. Down at the bottom it says, "Cause of the latest failure was not immediately known." Hmm. The heat, maybe. West of the Rockies, you're on the air.
5: Hang on, I'm going to turn off the radio for a second.
1: Oh yes, that's good. Do that always right away. See, you're not supposed to have it across the room there.
5: Goodness, thanks. I got the answer phone as soon as I dialed. Yeah, so where are
1: you calling from, sir? From
5: orking Washington. This is right. Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you doing today? Fine. Uh I watched that uh, inspector and uh and mister um, what is his name right offhand? <laughs> anyway, I watched him today. Uh yeah, uh, Sunday with uh and they debated back and forth a little bit.
1: Who are you talking about? Uh
5: that um on Meet the Press.
1: Oh. You mean Arlen Specter. Yeah. Okay.
5: Arlen Specter. Yeah. Yes. I, uh,
1: With Pat Buchanan. There
5: we go. That's it. I'm, my my mind, my mind went blank. Uh-huh. And the more I listened to those two talk, the more I thought the they it, it both supposed one supposed to be they're both Republicans, right? Republicans.
1: Um. Well, so-called. Yes. Mhm. Uh, they're really at opposite ends of what anybody could call Republican. Uh, Pat Buchanan at one end. Uh, I would say Erlen Spector, along with Pete Wilson, at the other end.
5: Yeah, you know, I think that those two are Democrats. The way they they talk like Democrats, they rebut as Democrats. I, I I don't know why they even got an R in front of their, their their logo when they when they talk on on the TV like that. That was really amazing.
1: Yeah, Spector did come off sounding like a Democrat.
5: Yeah, it was really amazing. Um, also, it's when uh, when you uh, talked to that young man again about those uh, photographs, uh, could you ask him if uh, any? Um, Government uh, folks to start asking questions about those pictures? Like, wow. You know what I mean? Uh, like um,
1: I'll tell you, I'll, I'll describe to you what is an interesting controversy, sir. Um, and I, I haven't figured this one out myself. If the footage that Ray Santilli has actually is the footage of the 1947 Roswell autopsy after the crash. That would mean that it's U.S. government footage. And I'm not sure such a thing could be copyrighted. But as long as it hangs in the air without anybody being sure of the origin, then I guess it can. It's um, really an odd story right now, and I can't tell you that I know the answer to it. I can't tell you that these photographs are real. I can just give you my feeling. My feeling is they are. It may turn out to be a hoax, because I've been hoaxed before. On the other hand... I have a lot of things in my possession that are totally, utterly unexplainable. And right now, the Roswell photos are one of those things. So will I publish it in the newsletter? Oh, you bet I will. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi.
18: Yeah, this is uh, Andrew listening on KRAM.
1: In St. Louis. Hi, and Andrew. Yes.
15: Yes. Uh, what happened to the KFOR story about the Iraqis?
1: Um, the latest on KFOR is that they have run uh, a film, or a, a, excuse me, a story purportedly connecting um, John Doe number two to some sort of Philippine, I said Philippine uh, terrorist group. And I'm trying to get details on it, so
18: hang in there. Okay. And also, one more
15: point uh, on the. Are oh, we going to get more pictures? You said we're going to have pictures from the uh, Roswell, so that's good. That's going to be the next issue?
1: Yes, sir. Next issue of the newsletter. Great. All right? Thanks a lot. Thank you. I will modem those up to the publisher uh, hours from now. They are remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. How are you, Art? Okay.
30: This is Mitch in Ventura, California. How you doing? Listening
16: Mitch? to Kogo? Yes, sir.
30: Yeah, uh, regarding uh, Chuck Schumer and uh, his concerns over uh, the, the Waco hearings discrediting the United States government,
1: and therefore the anti-gun movement.
30: Well, if if discrediting the United States government is what these hearings are about, they're going to be over in uh, quite short order. I would I would expect.
1: <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. Well, I hope the truth comes out and what my comment was um what do you conclude from schumer's fear
30: oh i i felt exactly uh the way you expressed the uh, situation that this was a preemptive strike i thought that the, the same thing when i heard robert Rubin's comments yeah that 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 they were they knew what was coming and therefore they were staging a preemptive strike, trying to divert attention away from the true subject matter, which was to get to the bottom of it and get the truth.
1: Exactly right. So I can only assume from their fear that there's going to be a bombshell that's going to make uh, their gun control efforts after and following it look wrong.
30: I believe you've uh, correctly analyzed the situation, aren't you?
1: Well, we'll see. And soon, you know, the hearings begin tomorrow.
30: Yeah, and I'm also upset that they're not going to be televising those live I I, I think the, uh, as regards your the question from your earlier caller about calling C-SPAN, yes. that this is not going to do any good because the the House and the Senate both are the ultimate arbiters of uh the coverage. Well, the leadership.
1: I know, but you know, they're elected, right? That's right. And if they get a whole lot of phone calls. That could do it. Well, that was my point. All right. Thank you very much for the call. And, uh, take care. We're about out of time here. East of the Rockies. Only got a second. Hello? Hello there. No, huh First-time caller line. We're almost out of time. Hi. Hello there. Oh, am I? I wasn't pushing the right button. I'm sorry. Wild card line. You're on the air. Hi. Good morning, Art. Good morning. We're almost
8: out of time.
30: Oh, this is Scott calling from Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi, Scott. Uh, a couple of, about a week ago, a lady called and about coming up here to visit a Zion's and that. Yep. Probably about the third week in September would be real nice.
1: All right. Great advice. And the final advice for the night, because we are out of time. <laughs> good night, everybody. Boy, what an interesting evening it has been. We'll gather tomorrow at about the same time, same station. Till then, from America's high desert, Good night.